Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, always hold on to listeners. I'm Matt Truex. And I'm Trisha Ennis. Here to tell you about our new podcast. Always hold on to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. We are covering the good, the bad, and the cuddly of our favorite DC Comics time-traveling crossovery, Romantic dramedy, LGBTQ plus friendly, Sarah Lance ass-kicking E series. After every episode, we will literally be rolling the dice. And letting the fates decide which episode we cover next. So start following us on social at Legends of Always. And plot a course for January 2020. 23. But please, don't call us podcasters. We're legends. Hey, this is Sam Whitworth. I play Davis Bloom, a.k.a. Doomsday on Smallville, and you are listening to the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast. Welcome to Always Home to Smallville. In this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of the Young Superman show. They ran from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and I'm joined by Trisha Innes this time. What's up, Trisha? Hey, um, who, who are you again? I'm your fiance. No. <laughs> Don't you recognize me? We should probably talk to your wife about that. <laughs> Here, pictures don't lie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, this is that episode. This is Chloe Gets Amnesia. This is Abyss. Now, you know, I don't talk about the episode titles as much as I feel like I used to because a lot of them have been self-explanatory. Yeah, they're like names. Uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, well, Bizarro was in this. <laughs> right. But Abyss, like the blank slate of her mind, like, is that what you're going for? I yeah I don't know if it's that or if it's the if you stare long enough into the abyss the abyss stares back or that's or a good what. one. Uh, blank would have been a good title for this, but they used that four so they years used that, ago. Didn't they? <laughs> because they did this with Clark and Chloe just four years ago, and now they're doing it with Chloe and Clark. But yeah, yes, this not a- as well. abyss. Yeah, ever seen the abyss? James Cameron's the abyss. I actually haven't seen the abyss, but I I have. It's on my list of like things it's, that I should watch. It's underrated. It's it's one of those. I I think it's one of those movies like True Lies that he hasn't released on any like HD format. I just recently rewatched True Lies, and it is not as good as I remember it to be. 
I feel like, it, you know, it's probably not aged well. <laughs> it has not. And also it's like, wow, James Cameron recently got divorced or... Well, he's usually recently divorced yes. based off his track record. <laughs> he, the answer with James Cameron is yes, he's recently divorced. Yeah. <laughs> but no, when you when you when I see Abyss, I think, oh, the yeah. Abyss. You know, yeah. So that's it's a good. And then you know, if if no one's seen the Abyss, have you seen any um, special features about special effects from the early '90s Jurassic Park, Terminator Two? They always show like, well, in the Abyss, we were able to create right. water with <laughs> CJ. Anyway. One day James Cameron will release that. I know he's in the news now for all his Avatar movies, but one yeah. day he'll release that on Blu-ray. You can all check out The Abyss. It's a solid movie. And you Harris, can still check it out even without it being on Blu-ray. You can. So dust off your, your VHS. I'm sure it's on DVD Your laser disc. <laughs> your laser disc. That's true. Michael Bean is in it. Michael Bean. Oh. James Cameron did Michael Bean a solid for a couple years there. And Aliens and Terminator mm-hmm. and The Abyss. And then he just kind of <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. And uh, I don't know. He showed up in an episode of The Mandalorian, actually. Ah, there you, you go. You watch The Mandalorian? I do not watch The Mandalorian. It's good. I, I, I really don't like watch it. any of the Star Wars extended show universe. I, I understand why you might not want to, but I really enjoy The Mandalorian, and Andor is really good. As I've well. heard Andor is excellent, though. So. Andor is excellent, but uh, Michael Bean popped up. I was like, that's Michael Bean. <laughs> I haven't seen him since, like, The Abyss. Because that really- guy. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about a different abyss, a non-James Cameron abyss that we've both seen. We have both seen. And you brought it to my attention, Trisha, before we started recording that this reminded you a lot of a Birds of Prey comic Mm -hmm. book. As with uh, everything, apparently, that I do on Smallville, I mention a Birds of Prey comic because it's the comic book that I know most well. And also, I think at a certain point, the Smallville writers were just like, what if we just make Chloe Oracle and we just rip off all of the the Oracle storylines? To the point where they could have just put her in a wheelchair at some point, right? They could have. They could have just put her. I mean, granted, they did that on Arrow. They did that on Arrow. (laughs) Chloe 2.0, they did it then. So I had not uh, heard this before. So who is it? Who's, I guess it's Oracle's Minds being infected by something? By Brainiac. By Brainiac. Um, Okay. By Brainiac. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be like, well, there was a villain. It took over her mind. Like, this is literally Brainiac taking over. No, I believe it's Brainiac. I I was going to reread this comic. So it's. The the actual arc is called Between Dark and Dawn. Um, it was it came out in two thousand four, so a few years before this episode would have aired. Um, and it's during Gail Simone's run. It is I want to say just before or just after OMAC Project. Okay, okay. Um, it's probably just before. Of, I feel like OMAC Project was like oh five oh six right before Infinite Crisis. It was right. So. Yeah, OMAC Project okay. was right before Infinite Crisis. Um, because I believe there's OMAC stuff in it, but I believe it's Brainiac. Uh, infects Oracle with like tendrils and then is like implanting and taking over her brain. And it's not the exact same story. It's not her like randomly losing her memories or something. It's like her having an, a battle in her mind with this AI that's trying to take over her brain. Does she become and super intelligent? She, well, she's already super intelligent, but True. she does eventually completely succumb to the the thing that's in her brain, which I think is Brainiac, but don't quote me. I'm looking through okay. it, but I'm not 100% positive. Maybe it was Indigo. I mean, no, it wasn't Indigo. <laughs> but it does actually look kind of similar Okay. to to Indigo. Because um, it's like, but it's because it takes on the Oracle face mm. and has like the tentacles and stuff. It's You should read it. It's really good. No, it's Brainiac. It's definitely Brainiac. You can see Brainiac on the back. All right, she's holding it up. 
on the screen and it is clearly Brainiac. Yes, it's very clearly good. Brainiac. Yes. So, but so Small, looks... Smallville, they they were doing two things in these later seasons. Uh, yes. They were watching Lois and Clark episodes and, and they were ripping off those, and they're ripping off Birds of Prey comic books. That is what they were doing. So, hey, overall, right? What do you think of Chloe's plot in in season eight? Like, she's not a meteor freak anymore, and they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, maybe with her. Yeah. Point, Trisha? Yeah. Season eight, Chloe is weird because this is like. We kind of knew who Chloe was by season seven, right? Like we had this idea of who she was and how she sort of fit into this world. And then season eight is like that transition to a different kind of Chloe. Like she becomes between season eight, season eight, nine and ten. She well, not even ten, but also ten. She is Oracle, like just is end of end of story like that's they just change her out entirely. She's not like proto Lois Lane. She's not doing journalism stuff anymore. She just is doing computer sidekick stuff. But season eight is so strange because they did the Davis storyline, which we're going to have to talk about a lot in this episode. Because they did the Davis storyline, like, she's such a damsel this season. Well, Lana's not here, so she right. kind of occupies that space, right? It's, it seems like that's where they... Well, oh, I agree. But they Isn't feel that like what it Lois was... is for? Well, what is Lois for on this show? They were they were doing so well in season eight, and then it's like, oh wait, Erica, uh, sorry, uh, you can only be in so many episodes. So you're gonna why is Lois Lane not in the Chloe Sullivan loses her memory episode? Who knows? Why isn't she? It makes no sense. I think it's because they want her like most important relationship to be Clark, mm. even though it probably should be Lois. Well, I had this. So I did not care for Bloodline very much. The previous mm. episode, the previous one, and. There is honestly, there is not an episode I've been sitting there, maybe blue in season seven as well, because that was also a very frustrating episode. But like an episode where I'm sitting there watching it frustrated, like I could easily rewrite this for you in a couple of hours and it would be better. And it's like, okay, first of all, Lois should not be in this one. She should not go to the Phantom Zone because then you just have to gaslight her like, oh, Lois, you had an right. trip. Don't worry about it. Uh, and what does she think happened? And then Kara comes back and then they just... They oh she's under a, a pillar the whole episode and it's just like useless like in my opinion they should have gone to the phantom and I know we talked about it last time but I'm gonna talk about it here with you real quick so like they should have gone to the phantom zone Feora possesses Kara comes back and does all her stuff and that gives Laura Vanderbilt yeah. more to do and it's a featured role at her at the time she thought it was gonna be the final episode because they thought this was gonna be the final season they brought her back to wrap up the character I'm glad they did but yeah. it was just way too much going on in that episode way too there's much and I, it, was, it was messy it was messy yeah there's definitely way too much going on I do think. I do agree with you basically on everything you just said of like having her be Feora and have because the, the lowest part of it like is so weird because Lois gets possessed by everything because she gets possessed by Isis in season nine. Ten. 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 I don't know the order that's anymore. The, that's the episode where uh, Clark finds out that she knows a secret. Oh, OK. Yes, yeah. you're right. With the Yeah. Um, with the thing. Yeah. With the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like she gets possessed by all the things. But Chloe is is set up in this to to just be a damsel in distress the whole episode and have three different men trying to save her. And it's really annoying, especially knowing that this has to have been at least slightly cribbed from this Birds of Prey run, which is so much about Oracle and like her fight against the thing that's taking over her mind. And Chloe doesn't fight. You're right. She's like, Clark, don't leave me. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Davis. You're here. And and that continues even in, obviously, Bride. She is the mm-hmm. titular bride in the next episode. And she basically is like, you know, gets carried away like a like a damsel in distress in a monster movie. Right? Yep. Right? Oh, she gets right? carried away like it's 
King Kong meets Godzilla. <laughs> it's a thousand percent. <laughs> She's literally the scream, right? We've never heard a scream like that on Smallville. Like, oh, pretty blonde, you can take it away by the monster. I'm like, that's what it is. So you're right. And then, of course, she, uh, Legion is her own thing. And, and then that very, very ill-advised subplot, which... Of, of her and Davis in the second half of season eight, which uh, which really begins here if you want to trace it back, I it guess. It definitely does, yeah. And I don't like the... So we'll talk about this. I don't <laughs> like the Davis post finding out who he is. Thousand percent. If he would have, If he would have become Doomsday and Bride mm-hmm. and just stayed a monster. Now, I know you really can't sustain that yeah. because it's a 22-episode thing, but I'm like... I felt sorry for him. It was tragic. He was trying to do the right thing. It kind of took him over. I'm like, oh, man. But to him to keep going back and forth and then running off with her and doing all that stuff, like yeah. all, I don't like any of that in the second half. No, neither do I. And But it's that's that is Chloe this season. It's it's like they did not know what to do with her in season eight. And they figured it out, I think, in nine. But this they introducing the Davis thing and having it be like romantic and and yeah. it's just it's it's so bizarre because there's no fight in Chloe. And that's unfortunate because she's always been a fighter in every other thing that we've seen with her, right? Like, she's always been right next to Clark doing the thing. But that's not, that's not this that at all. That's, that's why I, I'm, I, I feel like I really liked this episode, this arc, because this is like multiple episodes. It's like at least three episodes. Mm-hmm of this storyline for Chloe, if like this Brainiac is taking over my brain storyline. And I figured, feel like I really liked it the first time I watched it when I was in college, when I was a little more like into the romance of it all. And now that I'm <laughs> an adult and not stupid, I'm like, this is, this is dumb. Yeah, well, it's, you, she had like the super intelligence mm-hmm. for the whole season. And that's, yeah, the, I, and mean, I, I like her, I, don't, I like her being possessed by Brainiac more than being a meteor freak, honestly. yeah. I'm like, that's cool, because that's like, okay, that's not, oh, by the way, you were a secret meter freak who never really explained how you got your powers, and the really, like, heal powers, and we're never going to use them right, and all that, uh, and so I'm like, okay, she's Brainiac, she's possessed, that's cool. What are they going to do with that? This is what they do with it, and I would have done, <laughs> done something else. What if every memory of everyone you love, and everything you know about the world around you... Jimmy, what's going on? Vanished from your mind. I've forgotten almost everyone. Who would you trust? I don't trust anyone but you. Smallville, all new episode next Thursday at 8, 7 central on The CW. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Abyss is the ninth episode of Smallville's eighth season and aired on November 13th, 2008. Reserved by Don Whitehead and Holly Henderson and directed by Kevin G. Fair. Now, Trisha, on season eight here, I'm starting a new thing where I ask people what you thought the ratings were of this episode. To give you a little context. Okay, good. Okay. Last week's Bloodline, 4.45 million. Okay. And a little more context, the season premiere Odyssey, 4.34 million. So what do you think we got for Abyss? And this is one week later. There's no hiatus. There's no breaks or anything. It's immediately after the next episode, the next Thursday night. The last one was 4.4? 4.45. Okay. I'm going to say 4.63. You know, if Bloodline was a good episode, you might have been right. But unfortunately, (laughs) 3.55. Dang it. I don't think that's people like Bloodline. <laughs> that's a no, big that's drop. No, that's a big drop. I it, thought there would be more like build up about the the Doomsday storyline. Hmm. Yeah, but maybe. I guess not. That's true because I guess he got revealed sort of. As, uh, it was. I mean, we all knew going <laughs> right, in. Yeah. Right? But yeah. So that's the thing, right? That's that's why you really can't judge uh, episodes ratings by the episodes themselves. To me, it's always the previous one because Bloodline. I think what shows that's the Bloodline was the highest rated episode of the season. Okay. And okay. I think that shows that people are like, oh, Kara's coming back. I liked her last season. I can't wait to see her back. And they're like, oh, she's gone again? Well, never mind. And I, I, I think that was a factor. I don't think it was a huge factor, but I think it was a factor. Because nothing else explains why that would be the highest rated episode of the season to me, other than Kara's. Yeah. Return. Identity was a really good episode right before it. This one where Jimmy finds out and they lie to him <laughs> again. Yeah. That was, <laughs> so like, I could see, I could see, I could see the drop off after like this episode or the next one. Mm-hmm. Because then it becomes like, oh, are you just doing this melodrama? Um, but I, I don't know because like I'm also thinking about like the preview for next week, um, mm. and thinking about like whether or not that would pull people in. And I guess this Chloe losing her memories thing does not pull people in. But I wonder if like the Legion of Superheroes would. It does go up for the mid-season finale next week. So mm-hmm. there you okay. have it. So there you go. We're at three point five five. This is the lowest-rated episode of the season so far okay it starts out with the previously on right and it, it mm-hmm. it's a lot of actually it's a lot of exposition what i thought was interesting was obviously it shows brainiac kind of plug into her head and taking it over but also um it has voiceover from jarell he's mm-hmm. like you've chosen to defy me and there will be punishment for this i'm like that's not what we're talking about at all that's dialogue <laughs> from the middle of season seven which i think is blue well, that's when he freezes him or something. I think mm-hmm. it's around. It could be season five. There's so many times he said that to Clark, right? That, but not now. That's not, and it shows Lex's hand putting the thing on the on the console yep. and applying those are the same things. I'm like, no, this is not. Anyway, yeah, how they use stuff out of context took out to me is all. Yeah, th- I think if you really, really know the show, that really stands out. I think if you, maybe you're watching week to week and haven't rewatched previous seasons, you probably don't realize like how out of context everything is. Because it was also just trying to show you the crystal and the Jorel's mad and <laughs> all this stuff. Well, and it was, of course, it was also interesting that uh, 
that they, they have Clark be like, well, you know, Jarrell created Brainiac, so he can, you know, he can fix you. And that that's the whole inspiration of him rebuilding the fortress, which you see later. Mm-hmm. So they established all that here. And they also show Chloe's crazy Brainiac powers from the last episode here and all that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is, you know, when Brainiac first showed up, I think they said Jarrell created him. And then they invented uh, Daxor, who was played by Mark McClure in season seven. He's like, I created Brainiac, right? And now they've just ignored that again, and they're back to Jarrell. I'm like, can you just like a, a team of scientists <laughs> created Brainiac? It's just anyway, they made it needlessly complicated. So the, that's yeah. all. That's yeah. All. I mean, but Brainiac in this show is also needlessly complicated. Yeah. Do, so do you do you like this Brainiac? What, what's your thoughts on Smallville's Brainiac? I see. I, ta- like, I don't think we've talked about this. So no, I don't think we haven't because I okay. haven't. I haven't done a Brainiac episode. Okay. Um, I don't hate him, but I also don't get him. Okay. You don't understand his motivations. I don't understand his motivations. He's not here to bottle the world. Like he's not Is he even Brainiac? He's just a sentient computer more than anything. Whereas well, I, like I like is from Krypton. You like that he's from Krypton. Because I love Superman the animated series. Okay. Brainiac. I'm like, that is brilliant. Like how Brainiac was like from Krypton and they trusted him. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys die and I'm gonna peace out. Because knowledge is important. I have all your knowledge. I think that's the best interpretation of Brainiac. So okay. I this is nothing like that, <laughs> to your point. No. But just the fact that he's from Krypton, uh, and but also on a CW not, budget. Yeah, it's also not not that. Like it's some kind of combination of weird factors. Like he's he's sentient AI, he's from Krypton. He is just sort of about like accumulating knowledge, but he also has this like weird agenda revolving around Doomsday and that I don't get i just don't get him yeah his plans i i think his season seven plan actually made the most sense yeah i actually kind of liked him more in season seven than season five which might be a hot take but i just i don't know maybe marsters found the character more there but i don't know i i i do agree with you he, he also has a different plan every time like doomsday yeah. head canon a lot of fans have this head canon i kind of like go with it as well like you know when brainiac went back in time in apocalypse right uh, he put the Doomsday thing on Clark's ship, and that's why everything's different, and that's why there's like a Veritas window, and that's why Doomsday wasn't in the first seven seasons. And so, like, if you okay. fall, you know, you know that iceberg you see people talk about of like fan theories. That's way yes. down at the bottom. <laughs> you know, that's a big part of the underside. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you really want to create a fan theory that like melds all of this stuff together, instead well, of well, the, the, the show's certainly not going to explain like, anything to us. No, about certainly this. not. But, I, I see what you mean, though, about about him. He he's definitely not as as become more and more comic book uh, educated. I'm like this mm-hmm. guy's nothing like the, <laughs> the comic brainiac, and and so yeah. as, as much as I love like oh he's from Krypton, that's cool from the animated series. There's something else to be said for like oh no, he's just a supercomputer wandering through the galaxy, accumulating knowledge and, and that sort of thing, bottling uh, planets. Yeah, I I I like the version that he is in the comics and like sort of the idea of like his people, and I really actually liked what they did with Brainiac Five on. Supergirl. I thought that they did a really good job. And then, of course, when they bring him back in season 10 as Brainiac 5, I think that's kind of fun and interesting. And that's a nice, like, kind of redemption story for him, which is, I yeah. think, that's the message of Superman. Like, he comes in your life and he sets people on the right path, and you can yeah. see that for him. And, and he being such a, another reason Homecoming is so effective. It's like this guy who used to be, like, one of your greatest villains, and it's not helping you see your destiny. So that, that's a really cool Ooh, thing. And he wore last... a green t shirt, Trisha. There you, you go. See? <laughs> The last time he sees Brainiac is when Legion takes the Legion takes him out of Chloe's head for like mm-hmm. this arc. So yeah. it, it brings this sort of full circle too. It's very True. weird, but 
So I don't I don't dislike this version of Brainiac. Okay. It, as with most things, this was like Smallville was so much my early exposure to Superman anything that I couldn't dislike any of it up front. Like for being different than the comics. Like I didn't know what Brainiac was like in the comics. I didn't watch Superman the Animated Series when I was a kid. Like that's why I had no knowledge of these things before watching Smallville. So there is an amount of nostalgia where like I can't hate this because of retrospective reasons. Like it's fine. <laughs> and it, hey, he's the T-1000. So that works. He is the T-1000. Terminator. Yeah. There you go. That That's that's two. the, sh- the short hat. Terminator 2. <laughs> Terminator 2. That's right. That's right. Speaking of James Cameron. <laughs> it's all connected, Trisha. It's, it's all, all there. connected. It's... All right. So that's your previously on. They get us up to speed. I do like how Smallville started doing that because I'm like, there's so much going on here mm-hmm. um, that... It helps to have some context. I mean, the Arrowverse shows do that on the regular, like part of every episode almost, uh, a part of every episode almost. On Smallville, this was a kind of a newer thing. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't like a two-parter, that's the only time. Yeah, did like it this is a, like I, that's what struck me too watching this episode was that it's so interconnected to the episodes around it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no part of this story that isn't a continuation of something previous yeah. and that isn't continued in the next episode. Even like the very fact that Chloe and Jimmy are getting married. <laughs> right. <laughs> Huge. So, which, yeah. which we start out with, we, we, we start with Chloe in bed and we see, mm-hmm. we see her engagement ring. We, we pan up and, and she's asleep and Henry James Olsen comes in and brings her breakfast in bed and he's, you know, I, are you, are you, are you feeling the relationship more now? I mean, I, I always felt their relationship. I liked it. They, 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 you know, sprinkled the seeds really early in season four when she mentions that that's who she lost her virginity to. Uh, and then they bring him back. And I, I've always loved Jimmy. I love Jimmy so much, like, as a character in general. So having him in the show was really fun. I love Aaron Ashmore. So it's, I like him. I like him and I like their relationship, especially because it finally let Chloe, like, stop being into Clark so much. Yeah, that was, that was key. But, but, but does it really, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss through, the, through this episode, <laughs> I guess, right? But hey, you know what? You you like uh, Aaron Ashmore as Jimmy so much, or Henry James Olsen, as we find out. Yeah, this is pretty much the end of the road for him. This the it next is. episode, this and is then the after beginning that, of the end. he comes back and then he becomes a drug addict, and him and Chloe get divorced. Then he gets killed, oh, and it's like, God. damn, this <laughs> well, season is so strange. Life comes at you fast, Henry James. I mean, what are these? What is he like? Twenty two? He he's maybe twenty two because they are twenty. Are they they're 22 20, in the season? They're 22. They were my age. Yeah. So like, that, that's, yeah, how, yeah. that's how they're I keep 22. track. I'm assuming Chloe and Jimmy are the same age. Yeah, I am too. So then he would be the age of Clark and all them, uh, okay, which, yeah, so they're, which they're was part of the reason they knew they had to kill off Jimmy Olsen because we knew he had younger. to be younger. I I think they're lying. I don't <laughs> I don't think they always planned to kill him off. They claim they did. They claim they knew they had to. They but. knew they had to. I don't I don't know that they they, they had to. I Yeah, I, I don't know. What's the what's the harm? What's the harm in an adult Jimmy Olsen? When you're doing doomsdays on your show, but you're like, oh, no, Jimmy Olsen's too old. <laughs> we have to kill him off. That's anyway. who we have to kill. <laughs> Look, he's being sweet. Jimmy is always sweet. He is. He is. He tries. He tries. Really he does. Hard. He tries so hard. But then we get this, and we get a memory, and I'm like, what is this? And I realize that this is taking place at their engagement party a few episodes mm-hmm. back in, and committed. And I wonder, mm-hmm. I'm like, did they, did they film this back then? They must have. I, they because they, it's I don't know either that or they meticulously redecorated the set. Now it was the Talon set, so maybe it wasn't so hard for them to redecorate. But I feel like that's a lot of effort to recreate this because they this isn't from it's not like a couple other a, a couple of the other uh, flashbacks or memories you have right. Those are clearly like they're using footage from those episodes yeah. from um, except one. 
Um, oh, that's right. I love that one. I love that so yeah, much. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, Dark Thursday, and then when he catches yep. the car, right? I keep yep. forgetting the episode's names at the time. But a vessel, and then uh, one of the Alicia episodes in season four. But they leave Alicia out. We'll get there. It's, it's Pariah, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's unsafe as first, and Pariah is the second one, and that's when Chloe finds out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, oh, cool. I've forgotten this aspect of it. I, I had forgotten the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, which, yeah. by the way, movie plot is an episode plus one. That's absolutely what this is, Trisha. It is. No, it really is eternal sunshine. Absolutely, but look, not look, as good. Grabbing people's hands and running through memories. It's, yep. It's, that was fresh off, what was that? 2004, I think, was that. Yeah. Uh, that was I, when I Jim Carrey so. became a serious actor. It's so. such a good movie. It is. It is. Um, Go watch it. Kate Winslet, speaking of James Cameron. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a James Cameron episode. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Avatar is not right now. People, it's, it's in the news. We're being topical, right? But anyway. Hashtag. Uh, yes yeah so she sees this memory and i i agree with you i think that they shot this back when they did committed um, which shows an because, incredible amount of like foresight on their part yeah but consider like how this has been the whole season of chloe infected by brainiac so they had to know this was going to happen so that's like that's just planning that's just breaking the season correctly so then as things are getting erased like they're just things are just disappearing it's kind of mm-hmm. cool and then the, the creepiest thing to me in all this is when jimmy's face becomes like blank because like yeah. the question face. Yeah, it's the question face. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, the question. We really need a question in one of these versions. I'm shocked that he does not show up on the Arrowverse. Or she. You know, either or version she, of the question. It, it should right? have been Renee Montoya. They do have her, but there not as the question. Not as the question. Uh, but then, <laughs> you know, she 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 comes out of this and everything has been erased. She's in this like mm-hmm. void, this mm-hmm. abyss, if you will, Trisha. Oh. There it is. Snap. And she wakes up and she's like, who are you? get out of my apartment. He's like, Chloe, I'm your fiance. And she's like, I've never seen you before in my life. Somebody save me. That's such an interesting, like cut to the opening credits crisis, right? Yeah, it definitely is. And it's interesting that it would only take this one memory to forget Jimmy. That's the thing. Like, I'm not sure it it focuses on key memories, right? Yeah. And and so to me, I was thinking like, and maybe they didn't want to do it again because they did dark Thursday with Clark later. But I was mm-hmm. like, they should have done when like they met for the first time again in the Daily Planet and Zod at the beginning of season six. To me, that would have been a more like, oh, this is when you came back into my life and you're a big deal now. Right. But they like, were also random... they also they also do memories that are triggered by what the person is saying. So he talks about the engagement party, and then she remembers ah. the engagement party and then forgets him. Where that's and then true. like later on, Clark talks or she talks about seeing him catch the car, and that's the memory that she like falls into. So. It makes sense that that's the memory that she sees. It's just weird that that's the memory that like erases him from her mind entirely. That engagement party that was that was the key. She wasn't sure until then. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, credits. Yes, yeah, so we go to the credits. We come back. Uh, Clark is you know I love I love seeing Clark do mundane tasks using his powers. He's plumbing just with his superpowers. Yeah. That's fun. He's plumbing. He's plumbing. And Jimmy is not concerned at all that there are no wrenches. He's just, I mean, he's too distracted. No, he's like, hey, we got a code red, CK. Yeah. <laughs> he just starts talking. Like, he doesn't yeah. even explain what's going on. He just starts, he makes a bunch of weird references. The dialogue in the show is so strange. It is. It, <laughs> no, this, I swear, like, the more I watch Small, I'm like, no one talks this way. This is. No one. <laughs> it's way no too many pop culture. Like, you got to have, look, Chloe was like the pop culture reference person. 
right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Felicity, that's the same way on Arrow. Cisco uh-huh. on The Flash, right? These kind mm-hmm. of characters. You're like, okay, they're a fun character. They're injecting some comedy. They're making some references. But when everyone is talking to like about, uh, you know, it's like Sinatra said or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, I don't know. I'm, Jimmy I'm makes sense situation. to be making, <laughs> making pop culture references like as a character, but it is a lot of it. It's just all the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. so he's just like, crisis situation, Chloe's forgetting things. Mm-hmm. I do love how, you know, you're you're right. He, he, he's going off and off. And I just, I don't know if it's Tom Welling's delivery, but he's like, Jimmy, slow down. What's going on? Like, that made me laugh, just his reaction. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? But he asks if there's other you know, symptoms, and Jimmy's like, yeah, you know, uh, she has been getting a few things here or there. But so so this is this establishes this has been going on. This is in the first right. instance of that. That she's forgotten appointments or people's names. Like he mentions previously, if you forget the florist's name one more time, she's gonna give us potted florent ferns mm-hmm. for the wedding, which would be a very interesting wedding. But he just got hit by a major bridal wave, Trisha. Yes, <laughs> that's that part was of that the dialogue. line. That was the line I was trying to remember. The major bridal wave. <laughs> As her future husband, I wanted to steer her through whatever storms and anyway, bridal yeah. wave, dude. Bridal come on. wave. <laughs> Oh man! But, you know, but no, I, I do feel bad for Jimmy here. It's, he's he's in a oh, tough yeah. spot. Jimmy's in a tough spot throughout this whole episode because, like, this is—he's about to marry this woman, and he is not the most important guy in her life. Unfortunately, no. Like you, like you mentioned in, in the opening, there, like, uh, like a lot of the scenes was like the three of them and her there. I'm like, this is so awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's you would like, much rather <laughs> you were by yeah. far the third choice, bro. And and poor and poor Jimmy, he's like, well. She doesn't remember me, but maybe she'll still remember you. I'm like, even you yeah. know deep down, Jimmy. Um, even it, it, though later in the episode he has a like an opposite thought that like he should remember the that she should remember the man that he's she's gonna marry more than Clark. But like it makes sense that she would remember Clark over Jimmy because she's known Clark longer and he was a more important relationship for longer. That's true. Than Jimmy. Like, that's yeah, true. that's you're who she's gonna marry, but like this is her best friend. Yeah, maybe like memory loss works backwards. Who knows? It is yeah. interesting. Now, there's a deleted scene in Arctic, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, where they talk about Chloe having meteor powers, like mm-hmm. back in season seven. I think it's Arctic. It's one. Of, it's, a, it's a late season seven episode where they talk about no it, right? Idea. And it was deleted. Mm-hmm. So, so that never happened in, in mm-hmm. continuity. And then in this scene. Jimmy's like, well, you know, CK, you know, she had this condition where she used to. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, well, I figure she'd tell you. <laughs> but that's Yeah, that's her fine. meteor ability. Yeah. <laughs> and she could heal people and then die for a little while. Yeah. Yep. That was that would come in handy when Clark faces Doomsday and Chloe sacrifices herself to resurrect Superman to come back. And that's why she dies. And then he becomes Superman. And that's what we all thought before season eight started. And they took away her powers. And like, I have no idea what you're going to do with this character. And you know what? Neither did the writers, Trisha, nope. as we established. Neither did they. Nope. So uh, Chloe goes to uh, the Metropolis Hospital, Metropolis General, and she acts like she's a med student so she can get into their archives. Their library, yeah, which is weird because I feel like you couldn't just ask where the library is. There's like a code to get in and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's just gonna wait until somebody walks out the door and and sneak in. But weirder things have happened. We have seen her. Brainiac. Oh. Maybe she hacks it with her mind. There it is, sticks her hand out, right? that's what's so strange uh, about this. Like, how much research have we seen her do in her computer lab? Mm-hmm. And, and she's she got ha- Brainiac in her brain. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so she, but she has to go to the the hospital library to find out stuff about memory because loss. Because she has to see Davis. That, that's it's so contrived, right? It's uh, so but contrived. You know what? Lady at the front desk is very helpful. Directs Chloe she where is. to go. She turns a corner. And is hey Chloe, what's up? Right. And, <laughs> that's exactly she, how he talks. Yeah, I'm Sam Wilder here. He sounds only like that. You can hear him talk on episode two of this season, where I interviewed yes. him in Plastique. Check it out. Always on the bubble. Anyway. <laughs> Self plug, whatever. But. <laughs> I love Sam Whitworth, though, because he's such a nerd. D- totally. That guy, I mean, we were talking deep cut Star Trek, the original series episode yep. titles. He was doing William Shatter impressions. That was amazing. That He is the real deal. Like, he's he not really one of these is. people like, you know, I read comics when I was a kid. Black Adam was my favorite character. He's not one of those, <laughs> you know, he's not one of those guys. I can't guys. imagine who you're talking about. <laughs> but it's... Uh, no, he's so great as, like, a guy. And, like, the characters he plays are always so broody. <laughs> Yeah, it's an, it's a very it's a good juxtaposition. Of, He's got a good real guy. face. Yeah, he he does he does. So Clarence uh, <laughs> and him, and it's very clear that she remembers him. She's very warm. They have a fun back and forth, and she's like, "Oh hey, I forgot to look into your family history. I'm sorry." He's like, "You know what?" Don't worry about it because he just found out he's an alien monster in the last episode. Because <laughs> your cousin kind of murdered me for a little bit. But... He just what does he think? I don't know. He like. Gets shirtless and stabs himself, and it's just fine. And like, what? I don't know what he's thinking. He's definitely thinking something. But I mean, if I were him, I'd I'd try to at least follow up with Lois. Like, hey, remember when you killed me? I'm still alive. What's up with that? It's it's so strange. Um, <laughs> but he's also like, hey, Chloe, you know you're uh you're acting weird. Is is? And he says. Is everything okay with you and Jimmy? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. Davis. Davis, you know what, Davis? I had been sympathetic to you this whole mm-hmm. season. I, you know, we've all been there where you've been. Maybe some of us haven't. I certainly have been in your situation <laughs> in the past. But it's like, bro, now you're crossing a line. Now you're getting creepy. And especially yeah. at the very end of this episode, he this, has a particular line of dialogue where yeah. he goes too far. But this is the episode where Davis starts to go too far. Like for a big chunk of this episode, I was thinking, you know, I really think Davis is actually a good guy who is just unfortunately, you know, the human shell of a horrible space monster. But he gets so creepy in this episode. And I don't know if we're supposed to believe that that's because Feora, like, awoken doomsday. I don't know. That, was, that wasn't a word. But, like, <laughs> awoke doomsday inside of him. And that's what's making him kind of a creeper. Or if, like, yeah. he was all... Because the way the season ends, it's almost like he was always that dangerous nice guy type. And I don't know that I believe that. It's... This is a very bifurcated season. Yeah, well, and I think that was what Sam Whitmer's point was when we were ta- when we were talking about when oh, no. I had a conversation. But no, he was like, you know what, Davis, he was a screwed up guy anyway. Like he, you know, yeah. he was on record about like I don't really agree with us, but maybe I shouldn't have said that. We, you know, he he really into depth about. It. He was like, you know what, Davis was a screwed up guy anyway, and I think that's where, you know, you could. It's more believable that he would have done that maybe than you might have thought. But definitely when they were setting him up in these first, you know, uh, <laughs> eight episodes, <laughs> he was just as you said. Good dude, just unfortunately got bit by the werewolf, and now he's a monster. That that's what they were doing with him. He was werewolf doomsday, and he was Larry Talbot, and the Wolfman was gonna kill everybody, and that's what it was. For a better take on this, you can watch Sam Whitwer in Being Human, where he's a vampire. <laughs> that's the irony of it all. And Jimmy Olsen, Sam Huntington is the werewolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is Who's the, the ghost in that? Who's the third roommate? Um, well, actually, she also is in a DC property because she plays the other Brainiac 5 in a random episode of Supergirl. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. Gay Brainiac 5 because she has a wife. Anyway, I liked Davis. Like I remember like thinking that I liked him early on, and their chemistry is really good. It is. It is really yeah. good. 
their chemistry is really great. So I can see like how you could get this storyline out of it, but I just don't think it's terribly well handled um, because he, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not like it's unheard of for like the nice guy to turn into a total creep slash murderer, but also like, I don't, it's a, it's a big turn. Yeah, I'm curious to watch because, you know, I don't revisit the last half of season eight very often. So I'm curious as I rewatch I it for the podcast, like, oh, do they kind of ease into this? Or was it just this this <laughs> this big turn that you said? We will find out together, listeners. We'll find out together. Yeah. I mean, he becomes Jekyll and Hyde after this. So, yeah. See, that's the thing. Before he was like the Black House, the Werewolf, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, that's more. But then truly Jekyll and Hyde, where he's like, it's triggered. He like. Uh, it's a it's a pretty he's regular back from and it. forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's aware of it too. So anyway. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's this. So like, he starts. He asks that question, and of course, she doesn't know who he's talking about. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, fiance. Oh, come on. Right. Chloe. If she hadn't said that, it wouldn't have been weird. If it had just been like, wait, what? Oh no, it's fine. Then mm-hmm. it wouldn't have. I don't think he would have. I don't know if he would have pressed as much as he does. Yeah, but because she says, "Oh, right, my fiance. I obviously forgot who you were talking about. I better show up at your doorstep and confessing my love in a letter. We'll get there soon. But yeah. uh, I guess she got all the research she needed. Did she steal these books from the library? I'm not sure because next time we see her, she's at the ISIS Foundation. Speed reading, one page at a time. Flip, 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 flip. Yeah. What was hilarious to me is Clark's like, Chloe, are you there? And she goes and like hides the book like in a in a drawer. I find that very and, like, humorous. And like closes things and like turns things yeah. off, even though it's fucking Clark. Yeah, and he's like, well, why'd you hide that book? <laughs> you know, like he knows what's going on. And she's like, Clark, just don't, just don't, just don't. And then he rips open the, the doors, right, to the secret yep. computer lab. Which I thought was really funny because she's like, she's trying to be like, no, just do it. don't worry about it. And she's like hiding the remote. And then he's like, I'm Superman. Yeah. <laughs> opens the door. Love that. Proactive Clark. I love it yes. this season, right? And it is just a conspiracy theorist layer of of string and of pictures memories. and promo shots. I haven't even seen. Like, it's a picture of Lionel in there. I'm like, I've mm-hmm. never seen that picture of Lionel. I'm shocked. <laughs> Where did you find that? Right? Because usually it's like, oh, well, there's the season six promos shoot. Right? And I can immediately identify yeah. these pictures. And it's it's pretty interesting. I'm like, why did you? There's Martha Kitts in there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty creepy. And she's it's, like, yeah. So I've been forgetting people. It's like people. headshots of people who shouldn't have headshots. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, if you spent less time studying Lionel Luther and maybe remembering your fiance, you might be in a better situation here. Yeah, I wish I had been able. I don't know if you were able to pause and like read any of the stuff that she wrote. I kind of wish I was able to read some of the stuff that was in like the PowerPoint slides of each person. When I take some screenshots, I'll have to at least see what's in there. But I, I was just struck by I was trying to identify a lot of those, lot of those headshots. And I was like, OK, guys, yeah. you actually found <laughs> some new ones from the archives. Good job. But she's going in there. It's kind of like a 51st date situation as well. It's like it's a or totally another movie. Right. Oh, very true. Probably a more classy one. But I actually I really like 51st Dates as a rom-com. It's a good movie. It is good. But she's watch, watching that videotape every morning <laughs> of her life. She goes into this the ISIS room. Yeah. She says, like, every time I have a slip, I come back here to remember, which means she remembers to come back here. Yeah. So at least she has that memory. At least she has that. That would be that would be trouble. So Clark's like, hey, look, you know, like uh obviously Brittany's doing this to you. Like we gotta we gotta do something about it. And and her her line here about like there won't be any more I Chloe, just IQ. Like this show and its dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that that was a really bad line. Like um, poetic? Uh no. <laughs> no. Just bad. I yeah. almost like they put it in there like for the trailer. But it wasn't in the trailer, I guarantee. It you. wasn't in the trailer. No. Okay. 
but that what's interesting is I don't you know that's another thing I don't really talk about the promos and trailers as much as much yeah. anymore because I miss the tonight on the WB like that guy was the best right this particular one a lot of um narration and text usually it's one or the other mm-hmm. but they, they I guess they found it really hard to sell this episode they're like okay we're gonna yeah. have to really explain <laughs> this episode know, is on. very much like let's we need to get into the next thing so we have to do but it I don't know. It doesn't even really set up that much very well. It's a weird episode. Yeah. Um, but it is a lot of Chloe, which I appreciate. Yeah. This is getting to the point where, like, I buy it up, too. So, like, I buy this okay. idea of her hiding the fact that she's, like, losing memories and whatever because the thing that is in her brain is also helpful. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So like I buy the hiding it, I buy the the superpowers, I buy like basically everything up to this point. But then it's when she's not that like I said at the beginning, like when she's not fighting it in a way that like is sensible to me. Like just to go back to the Birds of Prey issue where like this was like a, a full on battle inside her mind for control of her brain and her memories and her person, and there is none of that in this. It's just like let me hold on to Clark. It, uh, I don't. Always hold on to Clark. Always hold on to Clark. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) But yeah, so now he he has a plan, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. He has an idea. He has an inkling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they come back to Davis. Yeah. And he has made the uh, the two hour drive, Trisha. We're gonna talk about that. I was gonna mention. Oh my god. I had paused it and I was like, oh my god. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Davis has made the two hour drive (laughs) to the Talon. It was three, but now it's two, but yeah. still it's funny. It's moved closer. Not as close as I was going to let the show give credit for, but yeah, we're not to that line yet. But yeah, anyway, no. da- he Davis makes the two-hour drive. Talon. He's at the Talon. He has a note. He gets down on one knee to put it through a mail slot, which I wonder if this mail slot has always been on the door. I'll have to go back and check. I don't know. And I was thinking, I didn't, I, I didn't much like Chloe, I didn't remember. Uh, I didn't remember this. I was like, is Chloe going to open this door and he's going to be like on one knee? It's going to be like another weird thing? Because I always do this weird stuff with them. Yeah, you know, like do. the two of them. That's exactly the kind of thing they would do. It's not his gym. He's like, oh, hey, Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, oh, that's your RSVP. You can just drop it in the mail. <laughs> I mean, your RSVP that looks like a letter instead of an RSVP card. But <laughs> also, what exactly was Davis expecting? Like, this is a woman who is engaged to a man. They live together. You're just going to drop off a letter and For hope Chloe's that her fiance only. doesn't open it? <laughs> like, For Chloe's like eyes only. Jimmy, keep out, written on the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> do not open until your wedding day. Uh, I wonder what was in there. I mean, what's the, this this show and their their letters to people? You I know? feel like what was in there is basically what he says at the end of the episode. That's my guess. Is it's just like I'm not. Ready I'll to wait let you however go. long. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's just Jimmy's like, oh, like, if that's your RSVP, like let me, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Jimmy's just like, so Jimmy has no sense no of what is going on that was a poor guy like oh my my wife's new best friend my fiance's new best friend uh, who she hangs out with all the time and is coming here i don't know like dude get your he's so his clark threatened blinders on he's so worried about Clark. Yeah, he's so worried about davis clark. coming from over here so mm-hmm. 
it's Absolutely. interesting to have this scene between them. It is kind of cool. They have like some, they put a little set decoration here, but like, I guess, wedding presents on a table. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, nice touch in. That and, teeny and tiny apartment. This, where, where Lois lives as well, by the way. Oh my God. All three I of them forget. live there. How do they all live there? Somebody sleeps on the couch, I guess. It's I don't a one room oh, apartment. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Lois got a raise at the end of Bloodline because Tess thought she was like pushy, but it's like, did you know that wasn't really Lois? I don't mm-hmm. really know the logic, but she was able to get her own place now. Right, Presumably okay. a metropolis. I don't think we ever see where Lois lives, Trisha. I don't know. We'll find out. No. Wait. Maybe we don't. We find well when they move in together at the, when they at move the end in of the together. show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we don't. I don't think we ever see where Lois lives. But uh, but anyway, this is the last time. Well, actually, not the very last time. But this is a good example of Davis being a good guy, right? Because yeah. he's like, you really more love her, don't you? Well, more or less. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But he's like, <laughs> look, he. He he takes the note with him. He, he's like, oh, don't worry about yeah. that. Uh, and he's like, you really love her, don't you? Okay, well, you know what? Just tell Chloe I can come to the wedding, and you know. And he he he's the bigger man here, and he's yeah. like, I don't want to mess this up. I'm gonna leave. I've gone. He sees he's gone too far, and he removes himself from the situation. And yeah. I give him credit for that. Like I give him credit for not going to the wedding. Like she's an amazing realizing... girl. Take care of her. <laughs> right for like that. That should have been such a red flag for Jimmy. But Davis realizes that he can't put himself in the situation to be at the wedding. So he's not going to go. Like, that's it. That was supposed to be the end of the story. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the rest of the episode happens. But so, like, I give him credit for that. I give him credit for a lot of the things that he chooses to do in this episode. And then the last scene. And I'm like, and now you're creepy. <laughs> yeah. So instead of it being his his RSVP, he just shoves it in his pocket. And it's like, no, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, don't look at it. No, no, no. <laughs> don't look at this, please. <laughs> so he leaves. And then uh, we cut to Chloe and Clark at the at the barn. At the barn. At the barn, and she's explaining that whenever she thinks of of someone, a certain thing, her her mind just gets a swarm of Kryptonian symbols. And how does she know they're Kryptonian? Has she just seen them enough? I think she has. I mean, she's done all this translating and stuff I over guess. the years. My I, favorite. I, my favorite part of this, though, is that. But I see this one the most, and she takes like three seconds to perfectly render. <laughs> yes, she's brainiac, Trisha. She can draw. Yes, past. she can draw. Past. That's that's part of as part of his abilities. <laughs> He's great at Pictionary. <laughs> so it's the, oh, that's the Kryptonian symbol for Doom. Like, oh, okay, Doomsday. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So it's definitely Doom, though. It is can't doomed. be too on the on the money. Yeah, although like, oh, at least it's not like a D. Like, remember when Zod was a Z? I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a Z in English as well. Just because the Superman S looks like an S. It's not an S. Right. It's not an S. It's his family's coat of arms. Anyway. In my world, it means hope. <laughs> <laughs> if we should take a shot every time someone says it's not an S. Anyway. Oh, yes. I love that. I would love that game. But so Clark's like, here's what we're going to do. He pulls out the, the, yep. the crystal. That the he big got. crystal. The big crystal, which which had been reprogrammed and sent to the Phantom Zone by someone we don't know. Da, 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 da. The producer said on Twitter once that it was Lex, but um, in my head canon... Brainiac was X who stole the crystal from Tess uh, because she f- he found out about it through Chloe in order to send Clark to the Phantom Zone to release Fiora, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Right, yeah. The point is, that would have made more sense than like, oh, yeah, well, Lex stole it and his people reprogrammed it. I'm like, he wouldn't have those capabilities. That doesn't make any sense. Right. How did he go from like not knowing anything to knowing exactly how to do this? Yeah. That's, what, that's why they never explain it on camera. Just, they just <laughs> let it go. 
I just always think it's funny that things don't like fall back into their like respective parts, like that chrysalis of the giant crystal instead of like the pieces. The three. Oh, the, the thing. Yeah. We're not talking about the stones of power anymore. We moved <laughs> you past don't want that. Talk about the stones of power anymore. No, but but that's that's what's funny because you know in in commencement it looked mm-hmm. like this blue thing, and I always assumed, and I've said this before, like I always assumed like oh they forgot to do the special effect when Tom was holding it, right? Mm-hmm. And because it was when he throws it, it's this like very intricate blue crystal, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. But now it's like no, no, the, the prop that he holds that's just that's the crystal now. Right. That's just <laughs> the just color. This yeah. blue Superman um, yep. Pentagon. Yep. But then Chloe's like, you, you can't do that. He he might freeze you again or take away your powers. He's like, eh, it's the, Your why? father kind of sucks. Yeah, but I, I agree with Clark. I'm like, hey, you wouldn't be in this situation if you weren't trying to protect me. And this is the best way to fix this. So we're going to do this. I agree with him. Absolutely. Like, I think he is, he's obviously correct to take her there and like have jor fix it, whatever. Like, that is the correct choice. But also, this this episode is also, like, right back into Clark's, like, weird angst about making everyone's lives worse and, like, how much of a burden he is to other people. Even though Chloe is literally, like, in this scene talking about how important it is to her that, like, she's in on in on it. Yeah, like, She that saw him true. catch that car. Yeah. Well, he's like, everybody that finds out my secret leaves. You know, name or drops. dies. Yeah, le- name drops Pete. Mm-hmm. Pouring out for Pete. He's not Name dead. drops Lionel, too. <laughs> yeah, well, and Lionel Lex. Di- died a good guy. Even Lex. It was interesting that, that he says Lex. Oh, speaking of Lex, I think this is the only hint of that. I, w- I was talking about who sent him mm-hmm. the crystal, like the producer. She's like, for all we know, Lex might have sent it to you. I mean, he right. could be trying to control you. I'm like, is, was this your explanation? <laughs> this was, this is what they thought was the explanation? I can't believe Anyway, it's very it's very weak. It's very shallow. But then we, we start getting some flashbacks here, don't we, Trisha? We do. We get, well, this is one flashback, um, which is the flashback to Pariah, the scene where he catches the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, this is a weird one because like the car disappears and then she like gets pulled out of it by Clark. Also, horrible wig yeah. on, uh, on Allison Mack there to, to look like season four's uh, horrible Chloe hair. Man, in season, Chloe had a long journey with the hair. I think season five kind of settled into a, a good, I mean, yeah. Season one, I'm like, okay, you're younger. We'll do that season one here in a minute here. But um, she, yeah, she specifically mentions the night I saw you catch that car. I'm like, can we not talk about Alicia? Do we have to pay rights to somebody who created her? It's well, that I thought that too. Like she talks about the night I saw you catch the car, and I'm like, are we gonna give Clark horrible flashbacks to his murdered girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, because that was like a couple hours later. Yeah, that night. That same night. <laughs> but that that's what's so strange. Like all they, ha- I guess they didn't want to have to explain the context. Of I Alicia guess. because like, she's not even in the clips. Yeah. She doesn't say Chloe doesn't say anything different. Mm-mm. Like she says exactly what she says in Price that there's no Alicia right behind. There was no way to edit around her. <laughs> so they're like, well, I guess we'll just refill it with a different wig. It just really stuck out. But the wardrobe yeah. is correct. Yeah, it's so it's weird because like he it's just the car disappears in in the memory and it's so like she just she's fighting back. Trisha, powers. she's fighting back. But is she is she fighting back or is Clark just pulling her out? Mm, maybe. Because I took it as Clark pulling her out. Well, her head memory. feels like a volleyball in the Summer Olympics. That's, no. <laughs> There's so much of that dialogue. It's so tough. This is when she's like, oh, well, the more I think about someone, the the more it gets erased and I get a complete mental makeover. So this is her, like, I right, guess, like finally kind of figuring, figuring out the out. mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then also now we see that she's now forgotten <laughs> He's that like, Clark has abilities. Well, yeah, before before this happened, you were uh, you were talking about when you first signed out my abilities, and she says your ability to look both look ways both before ways. you cross the street. There is some 
a lot of cringe dialogue this episode, I think. There's a lot of, and a lot of it is Chloe's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of bad dialogue. Yeah, so it's like it just erased the catching the car part and not the running away. So like it cuts off before he runs off really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just forgets that he has powers. Apparently, did you get in a car accident? <laughs> did you hit by a car that night? <laughs> I will give you that that line reading works. That like she sounds genuinely concerned that he was hit by a car and she forgot. I think she's actually performing this pretty well for all yeah. this cringe dialogue. I mean, Alison Mack, one of the best actresses on the show, right? Uh, yeah. As they say on Talkville <laughs> themselves, you know, she made some bad life choices later, but she was great actress on the show. Yes, she was a great actress on the show. And I love this character. I will always love this character. I just mm-hmm. don't think that this is the best use of her. But no. uh, yeah, so she just forgets that he has powers. And then he's like, oh, crap, I have lost like the one person who's still in my life that knows my powers. Yep. Darn it. And, and then it's like, oh, I see what they're doing here. They're repositioning Chloe where she's not going to know Clark's secret and she mm-hmm. can kind of go off with Jimmy and they're either going to write her off the show or she'll live happily ever after. They're removing her from being in the inner circle. I feel like you read way more into this than I did. Like, every time something happens, you're like, oh, well, that's how they're going to get rid of this character. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's what's happening this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for game-changing mistakes. I mean, this is game-changing. Like she did, he doesn't put it back um, initially, anyway. That's what's so, so interesting. And then a complete like two episodes later, it's all two back episodes normal. later. Yeah, that's what's great. They act like they give us such weight, and so that's I think that's another weight. reason this episode's a little frustrating. And, and, and like, okay, if you're gonna do this, do it. And we went on this whole eternal sunshine and spotless mind journey with you. Yeah, and then it's back to normal. And it's it's been a while since I saw. Uh, is it what is the episode where? the Legion superhero shows up. Legion. It is called Legion? Okay. Yes. I thought that was too easy. Um, I haven't watched that episode in a while, So, but I feel like she's also not mad at him for not letting her remember long enough. Like, I feel like I would be so mad if someone, like, electively took right. out part of my memory. Well, Lana says that much to him in the next episode. She's like, I would never forgive you if you took away my memories. And he's like, oh, I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> but that's very Clark. This is very on character for it him. It is. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like on character because he thinks of himself as like this giant burden and his secret as this big burden and this thing mm. that's ruining her life and ruins the lives of everyone else. Well, even Lex walked away from him when he found out his secret. <laughs> <laughs> even Lex. I would be that's way more concerned about Lana. But okay. <laughs> you know, my completely great relationship with Lex was ruined <laughs> yes. when he found out my secret. I love what he says to Chloe. He's like, it's okay, Chloe. I know someone who can help us. You stay here while I go talk to him. <laughs> just like you're talking about your Kryptonian dad. It's just so funny. Had he just taken Chloe with him? Then- right? None of this other stuff would have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I don't I don't know. Also, he gives her, okay, She we've just established mm-hmm. the more you think about someone, they get a race, and he's like, "Here, take this yearbook and look at this yep. picture of us together. That will make sure I never get a race." I'm like, "No, that's actually targeting you for erasure." It does, however, feed off of this—the thing that Jimmy said to him at the beginning, where like she calmed down when he showed her a picture. So who knows? Like, yeah, it's the more that she thinks about it, but it's also like the more she thinks about specific memories. Although I guess if she's looking at a yearbook photo, maybe she's thinking about like their entire high school lives together. Best buds. Best buds. <laughs> Chloe, Clark, um, that must, must be a senior year yearbook because Pete's nowhere to be found. We're not paying for that Sam Jones the Third likeness. Although, are we? I don't know how the the likenesses rights work for like main cast members because I don't you, know either. You see pictures of Lex and Lionel all the time when they leave, and I, I mean, don't, this I don't episode. know. Right, but then it's like, oh, we got to cut out that footage of Alicia. I'm like, but it's stock footage. I don't know. Yeah, I, would think I don't know. Stock either. footage would have been easier to use than like 
a new the picture Michigan. in a new place because we see we see the kints everywhere in their pictures and I don't I don't know. But anyway, uh, we cut to uh, we cut to the Arctic and I'm I'm kind of shocked, but somewhat impressed that they have him in the red shirt blue jacket instead of the blue shirt red jacket, so they can't just use completely stock footage of Clark in the oh, Arctic. Yeah. They they film obviously Tom in front of a green screen of the CGI Arctic mm-hmm. <laughs> with with a different outfit, but that does make it a little different. He throws the crystal. We see the fortress farm again with um, stock footage from season five, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool fortress. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the go plead with your father for help, even though you're kind of on the outs with him again. Yeah. But before we get there, we get Jimmy at the barn. Right. And he's like, Chloe. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, I know who you are. Jimmy. She's like, oh, thank God, I thought you forgot me. And then to Jimmy's credit, he hugs her, and he's like, oh, you don't remember me, do nope. you? <laughs> By the way, I never noticed this bench in the Kent barn before. The bench. There's like a bench on just like sitting there down and the, on the. Uh, oh yeah, I don't remember that being on there the stairs. Either. That was just strange to me. Like I remember them sitting on the steps a lot. Yeah, I remember them sitting on the steps a lot. I'm trying to remember like after, in the beginning of season five, after he gets shot. Hmm. When him and Lana are sitting there, if there was a bench, or if they were just sitting on the stairs. Well, you know what? This barn has been destroyed a lot. So at some point he repaired it and put a bench there. It's fine. But it's just that's the Jimmy's standing there. And there's this huge bench right next to him and it stuck out to me. Yeah. But she has a good excuse about why she's there. And, and he's like, well, she's like, Clark is one of the few friends I actually still have memories of. I'm like, that makes sense. He knew her longer yeah. and that kind of thing. But then this is when he says the line, right? About like, you'd think you'd remember the man you're going to marry. Yeah. I figured you would have forgot about him before he lost all the memories of the guy you're about to marry. But like, like that's totally in contradiction the to the thing he just said at the beginning of the episode. It's like maybe she still has memories of you. I don't know. I'm. I believe that she would still have memories of Clark, even without memories of Jimmy. But Jimmy's trying to be positive. He's like, look, the important thing is, you don't have total amnesia, and yes. I got an appointment for you with one of the best neurologists in Metropolis. So we got a plus one for from Metropolis, y'all. We're back, <laughs> back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. Well, Clark told me to wait here, and he's yes. like, he. <laughs> I don't know why he left you here alone, but we're going to get you some real help. I, Jimmy, you know what? He's acting perfectly reasonably here. Yeah. He's Jimmy like, this is, is ridiculous. Like, I'm going to take you to a doctor. Jimmy doesn't have all the information. He is doing exactly what a fiance should do in this situation. He's getting her to a doctor. Get, trying to get her taken care of. He's worried. And, and you know, uh, pictures, Trisha, they might not remind you of your memories, but they don't lie either. They don't lie. They There's never no lie. such thing as Photoshop. If you There's see no a picture, it absolutely happened. There's no such thing as image manipulation. There's no such <laughs> thing just... as lying about the context of a photo. <laughs> Which is funny is some of these pictures actually do look photoshopped because they absolutely are, of course. They absolutely are. You know, he has a good line. He's like, there was a time when you trusted me enough to marry me. You know, please trust me now, right? I'm like, okay. That's that's a good that is a good line. That's a good line. Like Jimmy, Jimmy's having a good season. I gotta say, I mean, like it's, it's not gonna <laughs> so last much far. longer. But he had, you know, he had identity is probably his best episode, yeah. right? And they definitely should have told him. Oh, do you think you should have told Jimmy the secret and identity? I mean, you're a big Jimmy Olsen fan, so what? Do you I think? am a big Jimmy Olsen fan. I don't know. I think that like Jimmy is always one of the ones who can handle the secret, right? But he's also never really the guy you want to tell. At the same time, like he's not their closest friend. He's not a close confidant. He doesn't have like superpowers or yeah, but he's about to marry Chloe. 
to help. Right, he's he's about to marry Chloe. So in like, this maybe, universe, yeah, in this universe, know. anyway, everything else you yeah. said applies to all the Jimmies. But yes, yes, right, yes. like all the Jimmies. In this situation, like yeah, maybe, but also like it's only something to tell him because of his relationship with Chloe, and is that enough to tell him Clark's secret? I don't know. So I'm very much on the fence. I also think that like superhero secret identities nine times out of 10 don't make sense to keep secret from people who are close to you. Like if they're going to be in danger, they should know. That's that's sort of my stance. Well, that's what's interesting about like, I can never be with you, Lois, because people would attack you if they knew that you and but it's like people don't but then you lame. are my yeah, you <laughs> are my like, go to <laughs> reporter. They go after Superman. because he's Superman, not because he's Clark Kent. Right. That's what's exactly. so funny with that logic. I just think, you know, Jimmy figured it out. And I felt yeah. so bad for him. They're like, no, Jimmy, you must be mistaken. Like, to have Clark and Chloe, like, in tandem, like, lie to his face. I felt so bad for him a couple of I think, ago. I think in the context of identity, yes, they should have just told him. I think that, like, in basically any superhero situation, if you're going to keep it a secret from people, but then they figure it out, like, just fess up to it. Because right. it's, a bad it's never player. a good thing to lie. <laughs> right. And these are supposed to be heroes. Um, yeah. And then it makes it. When we talked about it. We talked about it in that episode, but like mm-hmm. I think about you fast forward to the Doomsday, the season finale. Yeah. Where where he figures it out and, and 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 Clark tells him, like, you were right, Jimmy. And I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see season nine where Jimmy's in on the secret. Again, right. me projecting what they're gonna do, right? I get you're right. I guess yeah. I do too much of that, right? <laughs> you do a lot of like, oh my god, this is so gonna be a giant game changer <laughs> stab like, nope. through the stomach. Like <laughs> well, it was it was a game changer because they just killed him five minutes later. And uh it's like if and that shows me they didn't know they were gonna have to kill him, they just would have let him they should just let him know him for ten episodes let or something. Him know for, yeah, right? a little while. Maybe we I mean, have spiraled I think, into a drug addict in this season. Right? right. Him knowing probably I mean, in all these situations, right? Like when they figure it out and then you lie, like you gaslight them. Some other horrible thing happens later. Like, either they become the enemy. Like, that was the whole Lex thing, right? Like, he'd sort of figure it out. Clark would gaslight the crap out of him, and then he slowly would he, He'd lose distrusted. his powers at a very opportune time. Very opportune time, Punch me. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that frustrates me every time I watch a superhero thing. Like, mm-hmm. any time that they're being needlessly secretive, I think is dumb. Yeah. Um, and so I agree with you. Like, if because he figured it out in Identity, they should have just let him know. Because it's... I don't know. That's just that's just my feeling. What I'm conf- what I'm confused about is Clark being the best man. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of the friends does he have his other best friends filming the wedding? That other right. guy from the Daily Planet. So, <laughs> um, but we we go back to the Fortress of Solitude, and Jarrell's like, "Welcome home, my son." And this is yep. stock dialogue, I assume, from Arrival, which they use again in season ten when he sets up Clark Luther's fortress. But that's its own mm. conversation down the road. But then Terrence Stamp is back for the first time since uh, Apocalypse, so mm-hmm. they're really spreading out. I, and I get, you know, Chloe made some good arguments why Clark would not have rebuilt the fortress and gone back there after Absolutely. everything that happened. Although, where, where, Jarrell, where were you in the end of Arctic? Like, speak up, man. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the problem, I think, with uh, this Jarrell where, you know, in other Jarrells, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to put the, the crystal in and he's going to appear and talk. But I'm like, this guy, it's are you on? Are you off? Choice. You're just there. Like, we need some kind of on or off switch because I'm like, why are you not talking all these other times people are showing up doing nefarious things? That, that's right. what's strange. That's what's yeah, strange. Yeah, as opposed to being like the voice of God, he's like an actual physical presence. Yeah. <laughs> I I also think that it's, that's, in my opinion, that's why it behooves you to get like a lower tier actor. Mm. <laughs> Someone that you can drop into episodes like more frequently. Well, they did have Superman Lewis and I got to say, I was not the biggest fan of their... They're Jarrell on Superman oh, Lois. Yeah. I have no feelings one way or the other, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But, like, you know, the way they do it on Supergirl with her mom, like, yeah. 
you know, having someone who can come back. Well, obviously they switch those actors. And then but, recast her when she can't come back. And then recast her when she can't come back. <laughs> Just having someone who can come back. Because I, I feel like Terrence Stamp, really cool casting. But if you're going to have him, like, be as, as important As a sustained to, presence, yeah, right. That, then that's rough. That becomes really difficult. One thing that I find funny is that, like, these, Christ- the, like, these Kryptonian crystal computer situations are really sophisticated because there's no, like, hard reboot of the fortress. It's just he remembers everything. It's that would have like been interesting. The back on. Yeah, we could have like, okay, we're getting a fresh start here. But what is, you know, speaking of hard reboot, they're using, yeah. they use these scenes, this episode to kind of like repair Clark's relationship with Jarrell. And he's like, I wanted Too to call quickly. it home, Jarrell, but he didn't trust me to do this. And Jarrell explains, I programmed the fortress to remove your powers and self destruct. And it's like, okay, I guess we're just explaining away all, all the stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, if you became a danger to the planet. So I guess Lex could have controlled him, but then that counteracted it. It's just a bunch of nonsense from season seven they're trying to clean up still. Yeah. Um, but I like how he has like, uh, Clark has like a real honest conversation with them. He's like, it is funny. He's like, I save other people now, just not my friends and family. <laughs> that was a fun, that was a funny line. But yeah, you needed season- this. You needed this to, to like give you the traditional Jorel Superman relationship, and that's what they were going for here. Yeah, they, but it's but it's a quick reset too. Like it, really there's, quick. There isn't a lot of work that goes into it. It's just right. yelling at your computer dad, and then him being cool with it. Well, he, um, he does make a good point. He's like, "You call me your son, but you treat like yeah. you know, me. You start trusting me again." I'm like, and he's like, "You've grown up. I guess right. we're good." <laughs> Not to say that this conversation is bad. Like all the stuff that Clark says is good. It just resolves really fast. And like, hey, so my friend's been taken over by Brainiac, and then Jorel just knows what's happening. Like, I will replace the Kryptonian code in her brain with human memories. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that, which is fine. I understand it's a TV show. It's not a big, high-concept TV show. <laughs> we don't need to pull out the threads too much, but it, it's just funny to me. Like, that whole conversation, I was like, oh, Jor-El seems to know an awful lot about what's going on. You know, this is the only episode that, that Terrence Stamp is in is Jor-El this season. Oh, wow. That's surprising, considering that he goes... Back. Well, no, I guess it's the dude. But Bra- Brainiac is taking over the fortress, right? Brainiac is the fortress, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, like how often or how not often they they use him. It's and that's that's again, that's you do the on switch, the off switch, act, all the yeah. stuff we talked about. Abs- that's that's what we're doing here. But yeah, I you know, I, and I said this way back. I would actually prefer that they stuck with like the yeah, Jarrell's kind of not the nicest guy. And Clark has to like overcome that to like, but it's the kids that make him Superman. Obviously, that was way back in season three when they were doing their own thing. Superman Returns come out. They're like, "You have a fortress now. <laughs> like, we're 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 going to somehow align with the with the movie series, and that's kind of where we are." But that, I think that would have been more interesting approach. And I don't even think the comics should try that. Sometimes there's so many reboots of the origin. They should try one where like Jarrell's like not the nicest guy, and Clark yeah. has to ignore that. There's all that like this. I thought I always thought this was an interesting version of Jarrell, where like he's. He's not warm by any means. He's, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's it's an alien presence, right? Like it's a Kryptonian point of view, which is very different from an Earth point of view. Like they're so far advanced from us, they're going to have different personalities. Mm-hmm. So, and I kind of like that. But yeah, it gets resolved so quickly in this episode. And then it doesn't necessarily become warm because he's not really in it enough in the future. I don't think for it to become that way. But like Clark has a better relationship. Like there's more training and there's more. Yeah. He, like, he gives a mind reading powers next season as a, as a test. <laughs> and then we get physical Jorel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Julian right. Sands. Yes. Who I think would have been great casting for Jorel for the whole show. 
Well, he looks like a young Terrence Stamp. He does look like a young Terrence Stamp. Which is like, okay, but we established young Jarrell looks like Clark, so what are you doing? Obviously, they <laughs> thought eventually we're going to show Terrence Stamp, and they're like, okay, never mind. Julian Sands, you just go stand there by Helen Slater and we'll <laughs> record this message. But anyway, but it is funny here, Jarrell said, like, I can replace the Kryptonian code in your friend's head if you just bring it. But the brain interactive construct is very unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. He's like, all right, we're going to do it. Maybe I shouldn't have created this sentient computer program. Team of scientists. Maybe we shouldn't have put this together. All right. So anyway, uh, that's the plan, right? That's the plan. And then we get to Chloe is in Metropolis. I guess Jimmy has driven her back to Metropolis now. Two hours. It's a two hour trip. She's in this MRI machine. You know, this do- this doctor guy, he's like, oh, he's like an English dude out of nowhere. I like this yeah, accent. Yeah, well, he's, he, he must be an English guy who lives in Canada because I, I know him from other Canadian broadcast, like broadcast shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen him in other stuff relatively close to this time period, too. So he must be a British guy who lives in Canada. I mean, maybe it's just the accent. He just had a certain, like, a step above a normal day player. That's why I remember them. Also, I swear Chloe must have gotten an MRI before on the show. She's like, oh, I'm an MRI rookie. I'm like... I don't know. You've had a lot of been in the hospital so a many times. A lot of head injuries. <laughs> yeah, she has to have gotten an MRI like when she fell out of Lex's window in season one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fell. She got pushed. <laughs> she got fell out the window. Yeah, totally, totally. She so, definitely didn't have a concussion. <laughs> no, not at all. So he's like, uh, "What does he say? Just think of your happy place, or what is it? What does he? Yeah, he says, think of think of your happy place, or think of some place that makes you happy. Something and like, like that. And of course, you know." You know exactly what she's gonna think of. It's Clark. It's all the all my favorite scenes of the show. All them all kissing, the kisses. making. A, they they shockingly didn't have their best kiss of the show. One of my favorite of the whole show is them and Vessel. Like we go to Dark Thursday, okay. yeah. But we, I mean, we end up there obviously. But that was like that was an epic kiss at the end of that. I'm like, oh, it he's was. gonna save the world, and it's fantastic. And anyway, <laughs> as, uh, as a Clark shipper, I, I enjoyed this little moment. I see, and I'm and I'm not really one. Although I did definitely early early seasons, I definitely shipped them. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew Lois was coming, so like that's that sort of like put a damper on my shipping. Um, but yeah, they show like most of the kisses. Obviously, they don't do the vessel one, but they show the other ones. I feel like we're I don't know even know if it was even always them. Like I feel like sometimes they were possessed, but they also I don't think put anything from Rush in there, which is I think one of the the other good times. Um, oh well, well, she has no memory of that, so that makes oh, sense. Oh right, she has no memory of that. And okay. there's hug. No memory of that. Oh, look! Yeah. You put a lot of. Oh, look at you! Look at you! Look at you! Show you know we we give this show a lot of crap <laughs> for credit. like dropping the ball and stuff. They they actually pay attention to detail a lot, and I, so they I'm do. Give them they absolutely do. Because it's we would have like, been here like they put. She didn't remember that to begin with. They put yeah. that clip in there, but whoever they assigned, have, but... whatever intern, they're like go find some video clips of them kissing. They're like, oh, they put a little effort into it, and I appreciate. They it. did, and I don't know if they exactly go in reverse order. Um, well, it's yeah, they they do. We see magnetic, and then like, uh, and we see uh, bound. Well, they don't even really kiss, but he, they're just like getting close in the elevator. And of course, we see the spring formal. Yeah, and, and Tempest where they where they get really close, right? Yeah, um, and then we cut to, and this is so this is so great, amazing deep cut continuity. They take a story mm-hmm. that Clark told about the first day he met Chloe and how she was his first kiss, and out of this mediocre ep- episode in season yeah. one, right? And they took that out and they made a scene of it, and it was charming. It was delightful, and I loved it so much. 
It is it is great. I love that they do that callback to that scene. Like they use the same dialogue that he talked about. They, it's the book, right? I think they even mentioned the book at one point in that early episode. Like there's so much great stuff. The only thing that stands out to me is that they're supposed to be like 14, which is like the year before we meet them in the first. So they're supposed to be like 13. It's like the year before we meet them in the first season of Smallville. And they look so young. Well, they look like they should look at that age. Right. They know they do. They they got like actual 13-year-olds to play 13-year-old them, but it was like, you know, in their 20s, them to play 14-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chloe grew up a little. Clark had a huge growth spurt, apparently, yeah. between, uh, between <laughs> eighth grade and ninth grade. He became three times that kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, I, quick word on the, on the actors here. So, Victoria yeah. Duffield plays okay. uh, young Chloe perfect like yes the mannerisms like somebody mm-hmm. showed her the dvd set of oh, Smallville season one and said do this the hair the bow in the hair the wardrobe but yeah that flip we were talking about chloe's here earlier that flip hair fantastic mm, right flip. she hasn't done a lot of work she was played cinderella in one episode of supernatural apparently and uh oh, okay and then was in an episode of painkiller jane ah, she also played about that show. a young elise so she's got the market on young versions of characters apparently yeah. but uh but she was fantastic and then um, Jackson Morris as Clark, fine, but looks nothing like Tom Welling. And no. I, don't, I don't know what you do in that situation, right? Because you're right, it's literally a year before we met them in the first season. Yeah, can so. I find any six foot four, 13 year olds? Well, here, here's the question, right? Should they have de aged them, not CGI, of course, but like through wardrobe and hairstyle, had to be them? Or, or have too much time pass at this point? Because we're talking I... about a. <laughs> We're talking about a 32-year-old now playing a 14-year-old. Right. I I think too much time would have passed, but I also th- I I don't I don't have an answer for you. I think this was the right choice because it's cuter. Yes. Like yes, it's it a is. lot more adorable being actual kids than it would have been if it was them pretending to be kids. That's a great point. So I think that especially in that sense I think that it totally works. I just think, like, if you think too hard, like, it's kind of funny. But uh, I also like how Clark kind of just funny. stole those books in the library. Absolutely. There's nobody's like, <laughs> <laughs> like so dude. yeah. So it's this. It's a flashback to this scene. <laughs> yes. Of like the first time they met, there was like they. She had he had been assigned to like show her around school or something, and he brought her back to the farm because she was curious or whatever, and they open up to each other like really quickly here. She calls him a gentleman farmer and like Thoreau and and whatever have nothing on you and then he's yeah. like sorry I read too much. He's like no I like reading but I yeah. don't really get a lot of time to make friends because my dad keeps me busy. And then she just immediately goes into my mom left when I was really little. <laughs> just put it all out there, Chloe. <laughs> just put it all out there. And um but yeah, it's this cute little scene and then she says that like she lost the tales of the weird and unexplained and mm-hmm. he steals it for her. it's cute. <laughs> it's very cute. And then it's their first kiss because I know you've been wanting to do it all day and I figure we should get it over with. Adorable. And that's exactly what the dialogue was in Obscura. So like they mm-hmm. this attention to detail, it's so funny. Like and I look It's a great ch- callback. They're churning out twenty two episodes a season. I understand mm-hmm. how they drop little things. We we have fun pointing those out. They don't they don't yes. anger me. Now sometimes they do. There's a few things that anger me on a deep level. But the Veritas not, window the, yeah. that's un, that's just insulting <laughs> to the audience, right? That's insulting to the audience. But this callback is so great. It's fantastic. You, you know what's crazy that this is a pitch perfect callback, and it's again, it's not some story they made up either. It's like literally yep. something from the. That's what justifies it. So cool. So like they nail this. The next episode, the next episode in Bride, Trisha, mm-hmm. Clark pulls out this corsage that Chloe gave him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Remember, this is from the homecoming dance." 
And I'm like, uh, not the spring formal. No, homecoming is your <laughs> pilot. Uh, Come on. <laughs> uh, that's too bad. They look, the bunch of 40 year olds sitting in a writer room, you're like, um, <laughs> what dance did they go to? The prom? No, 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 no. Kid, the, the freshmen don't go to the prom. Well, they must have been homecoming again. Okay, next. <laughs> like, that must have been. Even anyway. though it was obviously the finale, therefore it was in spring. Anyway. Exactly. And the pilot was the homecoming. Anyway, that's the tale of two small bowls for you right there. Something like yeah, this. Yeah, it really is. Something like that. So anyway, I fantastic. Feel like, yeah, I feel like this scene, honestly, is what made this episode stand out in my brain when I was like re- like watching it the first time or really early on when I was watching it because Same. that scene is, it's so, it's such a good scene. Like it almost saves the rest of the episode. Yes. For yeah, being a th- it, thing you get to see. Yeah. It does need saving. It's a it does point. need saving. It's really an unfortunately mediocre episode. I gotta be on a really good episode at some point. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look at the schedule. We'll make sure you are. I, I, we, we, we tend to be on these. We have a lot of fun talking, but they're not, they're not the best. That's I mean, true. I did ask for a specific season nine episode, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this scene is great, and now the rest of the episode. Yes. Uh, so then we go full Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where she takes yeah. Clark's hand. She's like, "Oh, I can't lose you too." And they're running around as memories are racing. We end up mm-hmm. in Dark Thursday, and this is like, "Oh, we're really jumping through like the past here." This is this is a cool kind of revisiting of of, of Smallville episodes past, and Dark Thursday is going on. And then he's like, "I'm never going to leave you, Chloe." Someone listening, please count how many times Zach has said Dark Thursday, and just let us know. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> I love that was a thing, though. It's like it dark was, Thursday. Yeah. Like, dark admit, Thursday. And they, and they referred to it that way throughout season six. And throughout, all that. Just, yeah. They just keep referring to it that way. It's all over the newspapers, yeah. <laughs> you got to give these um, things a name, right? Yeah. But, uh, the, Chloe's the wardrobe is on point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the same situation where, like, there was going to be a Jeep through the bullpen, but then there's not. It's, it's the racer. Clark holds it real tight, and then he gets ripped away, and it, it, it's kind of funny how he just kind of goes into nothingness there, right? Yeah. it's He doesn't do the no face. There's no no face no. for Clark. No. It's just disappearing. He he disappears into the abyss. There it is. Yeah. We all both have to say it at least once. <laughs> and now she's full amnesia. Yeah, and we see the doom symbol, right? But then this is a new kind of twist on the memory thing. Like, she's still in the Daily Planet, Mm-hmm. And she sees a mysterious figure come out oh, of the shadows. Right. Okay, I forgot about this scene. And it's Davis, and he takes her hand, and he smiles, and that's to let us know that he's the only thing that she remembers. It's to let us know that, but then she actually, literally says it. I like how he comes up. He's like, "Hey, Chloe." It's like, "Hey, girl." <laughs> <laughs> you up? Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting and. In weird and convoluted, like this is one of those threads that we keep pulling at. Like the planning that this has to have taken for for Brainiac, like to implant in Chloe, and then like for the Davis thing, and then the, the memories, and then Davis being the only one. It's it's a lot. Well, he's Brainiac. He calculated every possible scenario, and I guess because he's he's accidentally in Chloe. Like that was never his plan. <laughs> Right, Clark destroyed him in season seven, and he just happened to be there when he tried to like take over her mind, like he did with Lana. That's the only like her healing power is why he's even there to begin right, with. Her right, her healing power is the reason that he's yeah, yeah. exactly. I for- I'd forgotten about that too. Yeah, there's so. so much that I've like blocked out of this season. It's so weird that that it works out this way for her to like be then helping Davis or being drawn to Davis or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's just that Brainiac was always like thinking about Doomsday. I don't know. Well, it's because he went back in time in Apocalypse and attached <laughs> to genetic material. Because we, they're, all these villains are connected because Brainiac was like working for Zod. 
Mm-hmm. Remember back in season five, they don't really talk yeah, about that no, much anymore. I, but he's that's <laughs> like he brings that about, right? Like right. he like preps Lex. To... So that he, yeah, you know what? He preps Lex to be uh, possessed by Zod. No one preps Lois to be possessed by Feyora. That annoyed nah, me. Nah, she just has to be in the Phantom Zone. That's enough prep. Oh, there you look. There you go. Good head in there, Trisha. I like it. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I was giving Jimmy some credit this episode, but he has left his fiance at the hospital. <laughs> And I guess driven back to Smallville, as we find out. Two hours. Uh, two hours away. Uh, so when she freaks out and fries all the... I wonder what those those doctors like, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. I just burned the machine. All those people are getting fired. I don't know. It exploded. <laughs> it's like they're going to get sued. Like, that's crazy. Is the patient okay? She must be. Yeah. So she's like, oh, where's Davis? I have to find Davis. So she gets up and runs out of the hospital, gets dressed, runs out of the hospital, I guess, and uh, yeah. and just finds Davis loading up an ambulance and gives him a, a big hug. She's like, you're the only one I remember. You're the only one I trust. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, okay, <laughs> great. This is the part where, like, I... I'm glad that Dave... Like, this is the last time that Davis does a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, Where he... You know, he he wants to help her. He's being very helpful, and he immediately takes her to the Talon. Yeah, bad dude would be like, yes, come with me, Chloe. Right. Because even later, she's like, you said I could stay with you. <laughs> like, David, Davis is a strong willpower. He's got this, amnesiac woman that he's in love with is still going to take her back to his fiance. Still so going to take her back to his last fiance. gasp, his last hurrah as a good guy right here. As a good guy right here. Yeah. He actually, like, and, and it's it would be one thing if he was taking her from, like, the Smallville Medical Center to the Talon, but he's taking her from Metropolis mm-hmm. to the Talon. That's a long, as we've established, two hours. And as Chloe says, Pretty soon. She's two gonna hours. say it pretty soon. Two hours. I can't believe that. I, I was. I again. I kept parking back to the season three where it's like that's a six hour round trip. But now, oh my! Why did you reestablish and like, that? <laughs> and like he does it in the ambulance. He must. Right. It's just. I don't know. It's so <laughs> <Ambulance>. strange. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like this is his last good deed where he takes her on this very long road trip is as an amnesiac, freaking out. But that's what's so mind blowing is. We cut back to Jim and he's like, lawyer, you're not going to be hearing from a lawyer. You're hearing from a law firm. Like he's going to sue the hospital for losing Chloe because he tells for Clark like her, she, yeah. she she ran away. And he's like, <laughs> Clark comes in and he's like, why he's did you take her out of the annoyed. barn? <laughs> and she was like, why did you leave her there? And Clark's like, she, she was, was in no, no condition to, to make yeah. the trip. And Jim is like, well, I guess you're right. So you can- I mean, look what happened. Right. <laughs> Considering yeah. what happened, I guess you're right. But I honestly, if Jimmy had just stayed with her in the hospital... Like, I know he couldn't go into the MRI, but he could have at least been in the next room. Jimmy has a line. He's like, I should have never let her out of my sight. And Clark's like, you did everything you could do to help her. It's like, no, actually, no, you, you should have stayed there <laughs> and not there. driven home. Who was going to take her home from the hospital? Who knows? Maybe he was expecting her to have to stay. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of logical leaps happening in this episode. But um, but yeah, so they're arguing. And then then she shows up with Davis. Yeah, like the, like Jim, Jimmy's like, I'm going to do this, and Clark's like, I'm going to do that, and they go downstairs to to get on the case, and and Chloe shows up, and, and uh, this is what she's like, you told me I could stay with you. <laughs> He's yes. like, oh, Chloe, this is your she's home. She's so meek. Like, I, yeah. I get it that she has no memory, and she would probably be like this, like that you would be scared and worried and, you know, clinging to the person that you actually remember, but it's just... It so bothers me when characters, like especially because it's always female characters, hmm. end up in these situations where like they're just damsels. They're not putting up a fight. They're not like there's no back and forth in her head of like trying. It's just the running. It's just the running that we talked about when she was in the MRI, like trying mm-hmm. to hold on to those memories of Clark. But we hadn't really seen her fighting to keep her memories before that. I don't know. 
as stated, I have a lot of issues, but yeah, so she's here. She wants well, to stay with David. Uh, she comes in. She's like, it looks like they're closed. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Which, what time is it? Uh, the middle the of the day. The is closed. It's, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It was a two-hour drive, so now it's past closing. She does have to say out loud to David, she's, he's like, Clark's one of your best friends. It's okay. And she's like, but I only remember you. Yeah. Clark's Which like, is- oh. Why does she Why? remember you? Clark is actually like, he has no reason to be suspicious, but I like how he's like, what's this about? Like, I like how he at least clocks that. I mean, um, I feel like I would be suspicious if like, if my best friend had no memory of anyone except this dude she met like three months ago. Yeah. Like super, that Super sketch. <laughs> yeah. Totally who, who, sketch. who I thought was a serial killer a couple weeks ago and still have my right. suspicions about. <laughs> Talk about logical leaps though. Okay. So jimmy's real cool about it. he's like oh well, thanks davis and he's like yeah well she's in good hands she's back where she belongs right i'm gonna go again he's exiting the situation maybe this well, is the last good thing he, he does her. oh he does he i'm oh, sorry yes ejection count plus one sticks her in the neck with a with a tranquilizer uh, yeah which is perfectly logical look he's a emt Absolutely. he's like i thought she might be not know who she was and try to run away i'm like get it fine right so i brought a sedative like right. that's nope i'm 100 on his side with that one he is the only person on the show who should be allowed to administer <laughs> that, injections exactly. I agree. <laughs> none of this clark pulp fictioning the giant yeah, needle into right her in chest. the chest <laughs> as in our first episode together we're our talking first about episode that. yeah but but you know he leaves he's like okay well she's back where she belongs i'm gonna go and i'm like I'm okay davis <laughs> all right but then it's some on the two-hour drive home trisha he he yeah he, was thinking. he has an epiphany. He's like, I got to go back for this girl. <laughs> it's just, so that scene, like that moment where he's like, I I needed to bring her back to you. This is where she belongs. I thought, you know, this is, blah, blah, blah I'm going to leave. That was where I literally thought, oh, you know, I actually really like Davis. Like, I think he's yeah. a pretty cool dude. And then it that just all extra, unravels. It, all it takes is one more scene, one more bad it's decision. one more but, scene. Yeah, yeah, because but like you, I was like, track, okay, yeah, yeah. Taking the high road every time, you know, and then it, and then Bride happens. He just turns into a monster and then it's off the rails there. But no, there was that one extra scene where I almost do it. That one but, extra scene makes him uh, such a creep. But so what is the excuse that Clark makes to take Chloe to the fortress? Thank you. I was like, so he tells Jimmy, he's like, hey, why don't you uh, go upstairs and gather some of her stuff? I'm going to I'm going to take her out back. So then and I, shoot her. I, I assume he scoops her up, obviously, super speed to runs. the fortress. And then in this whatever 10 minute span, maybe I guess he comes back. But then Chloe says she wakes up in a hospital bed. Like what they mm-hmm. staged some hospital bed. They obviously didn't take her to one. Like, what does Jimmy think? How did she get better? Like, that's the problem. Like, th- th- there's some fun stuff in this episode. A lot of great moments. So many logical leaps. But it's just it's too un- it's too ridiculous. Like it just it needs another pass. You got to smooth over these. Like everything's contrived, right? I think it's too fast. There's a lot of stuff that's just too fast. Hmm. Like this does the whole Chloe amnesia thing, beginning, middle, and end, mm. so that we can get to the next thing, which is bride. Yeah. Rather than doing something that's maybe longer term where like maybe she's seeing images of Brainiac or, you know, losing her memory in bits and pieces throughout the season. If this were an Arrowverse show, this would have been like a true half season arc of not just her with the Brainiac powers, but her forgetting things. Yeah, exactly. And escalation. And like, yeah. Yeah. Like we would have had a, an episode like four or five episodes ago where like the last scene is like her forgetting something really tiny mm-hmm. and then like talking to someone on the phone like a doctor or whatever like you know? well they had the foresight to film the extra stuff of that engagement party so i don't they did no <laughs> I, I mean know. it's not that there isn't planning it's just we've gotten as time has gone on we've gotten so much more serialized in television mm-hmm. so i don't think that they were doing as much of that long arc stuff but they're sort of experimenting with that in this season and i don't know that it's 
fully realized. Yeah. And it's not even, it's like, I'm just asking this one episode to have internal logic. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> We're not asking a lot. We're because just asking poor, for this one episode. Poor Jimmy's up there, like, packing up her stuff to, to go wherever, I guess. And While Clark, Clark speeds off. T- takes yeah. her to the fortress and... Uh, Which, how much easier would this have been if they had, if he was in on everything, right? It's so much contrivance to keep it from Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. To keep I, what's going on from him. Now, he does tell Jarrell he does the, the, the whole self-pity thing again. He's like, there's no way would happen to Chloe if she wasn't trying to protect Can me. Can you know my like, put back all her memories except those one specific? It's a Spider-Man No Way Home. It is. Oh, my God, it is. Smallville is the and blueprint. And I was so mad about that. Oh. I was so mad. I, not in the sense that I was mad in terms of the story because I absolutely buy it. I buy this in terms of the story. Like, I buy that a hero is going to be so, like, angsty about what he's doing to other people that he's going to like make sure that it doesn't ruin her life again. Mm -hmm. But I was so mad at Peter Parker at the end of No Way Home when he doesn't like when he doesn't introduce himself to oh, MJ again because he, because she made him promise that he would because he she made him it. promise and he broke the promise so the moment she realizes that she better punch him in the face. Yeah, we'll we'll see where they go with that. I uh so mad. Well, such a I, violation. That's true because it's never really well, it's and even here though, right? In Smallville, right? Talk about violation. I think you know it's really not Clark's, This is worse. It's not Clark's place to like erase her memory. Like I guess I guess if you had a conversation with like, hey Chloe, here's the deal. I got a magic crystal here and I can take away the knowledge. Do you want me to do it yes or no? That would make it okay if she said yes. Right. Well that but and consent, that's the thing, consent is important, people. Consent is important. Yeah, that's the thing with No Way Home, too. The thing that separates it is that like he says to her, This has to happen. You are going to forget who I am. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then she makes him promise to, you know, tell her and like get back to this place, whatever for them. And he breaks the promise, like breaking the promise is the big deal. But in this situation, but, but he sees the bandaid on her head and he can't this, let her get hurt. I again. know <laughs> this is such a violation though. Like this, yes, in like, abyss, yeah. actually choosing Clark choosing to keep memories, Chloe's actual memories about who she is and who he is. Cause it's not just about him. Like it's all of their, it's their relationship. That he's erasing, and it's such a violation. I would have been so mad at him. Like, why is Clark one of her best friends now? Right. Like, how <laughs> how is their relationship? I guess their relationship would always have been this close, but like, but I what, feel she, like at does some she get point, alternate memories. Like, why does this work? Right? Yeah. What is the... are there just holes in there where Be- like she was helping him? Because this is science, quote unquote, Kryptonian science. I need more explanation. In Spider Man No Way Home, it's like, well, it's magic. It's fine. It's magic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's chaos fine. magic. Basically, a wizard did it. Literally. <laughs> literally hand waving that's what it is it was hand waving but yeah this is supposed to be science and i i don't know like there's so much of her that remembers like does she remember working for oliver she remembers all of that but she doesn't why is oliver queen invited to their wedding why isn't invited oliver queen invited to their wedding no he is i mean you want it no i know but like why wouldn't he be why wouldn't you invite the richest person that you know (laughs) i see you but it's like (laughs) to your wedding there's a lot of just things here that don't quite Right, Add there's up. a lot of like, how does she know this? What? How is their relationship affected? But don't worry, Trisha. I'm sure they're going to use the rest of the season to explore this they're, new status quo they've created. They're going to also spend multiple episodes working through the violation of Clark. Absolutely, the memories. absolutely, yeah. they are. So totally, 100. percent Anyway, he does give her fixed nice. Now. <laughs> she is fixed now. <laughs> Clark gives her a sweet kiss on the forehead. Aww. Um, it's they have a great. As much of a Clark shipper I am, the two of them, like they just have a great relationship as platonic people, and that's that's what we should all strive for in this world, right? Uh... <laughs> great friendships, yes. That yeah. you don't violate them and remove memories about that's, things. 
Very true. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't if you do have it. the choice. But we see Brainiac drain out of her ear and literally, oh, so gross. Yeah. And he goes into the fortress, unbeknownst to Clark, as you find out at the very end. Uh, but there's a big blinding flash of light. We cut the commercial break. We come back, and Chloe and Jimmy are just chilling in the in the talent apartment. And I Jimmy figured say, out the the, the scenic shirt all by himself. <laughs> I have to say one thing about the draining out of the ear thing. Whenever there's like a black goo. The X-Files? Because I think about this. Well, no, it's not just the X-Files. So I think about this in terms of the X-Files as well. Anytime there's a black goo, especially when it's a black goo that like goes into a system and like starts screwing with I just think of, did you ever see Fern Gully? Yeah. Hexus, the bad oh. guy. Okay. Who is just the black ooze that comes out of the wood and like takes <laughs> over the. Fern Gully, speaking of Avatar. <laughs> Voiced by uh, Tim Curry mm-hmm. as a sludge. <laughs> That's singing a, perfect, a very sexy villain song. That's a perfect guy to do that voice, though. <laughs> he really is. Anyway, so that's what my brain always goes whenever there's like some kind of ooze that does something evil. <laughs> it's, mm. it's sexist from Fern Gully. Um, speaking of James Cameron, anyway, think, there um, it is. <laughs> so yeah, so sorry. They're they're everything's fine now. She's fixed. She what's wakes her, up in bed again. What's her explanation here, Trisha? Th- there's no explanation. Next thing I know, I woke up in a hospital, and you and yeah, Clark are right just, by my side. I was I was what? getting stuck. And I woke up in a hospital and you guys were there and everything was perfect. So Clark took her from the fortress where? I don't know. My guess would be that he took her from the fortress straight back to outside the Talon. And then they took her to a hospital. And then they took her to a hospital. And Whether she it was woke Smallville up and was Medical fine. Center or Metropolis, I don't know. <laughs> and she woke up and was fine. Totally fine. Had all of her memories. Yeah. <laughs> that, again, logical leaps. And then Jimmy's like, I wonder if Davis's knockout punch had anything to do with it, right? That's that's his like explanation. Right. It just reset your brain. Uh-huh. As as those things are wont to do. Yep. There it is. That's what we but do. But I think th- I think that's what like my brain would do. Not literally, I don't think if you injected me with a sedative that my brain would reset. But I mean, I think that that like Jimmy's logic, if he's just trying to make sense of what's happening around him. Yeah. So I think I would also think that, like, oh well, maybe what you needed was sleep. Well, we, we try to, as humans, we try to make sense of nonsensical <laughs> do, situations of and we connect dots, right? Uh, so there you go. He, that's the explanation he's found for himself. I and, mean, uh, if Jimmy had woken up that morning and been like, okay, you know what I think? Yeah. I think that your brain was temporarily inhabited by an alien supercomputer. Just spitballing here. Follow me. <laughs> I'm just, this is just, I'm following the evidence. Clark's like, oh, I'm glad you're safe and everything's, everything's back the way it used to be, right? That's very important. But they, uh, Need to get to the florist in Metropolis before something. they close. They drop off a check or something, right? Yeah. And Clark's like, "I'll make a I'll run to the city." Yeah. And then because we really got to hammer home that Chloe doesn't know How Clark has powers. Far away it is too. <laughs> Literally, I had this had been abyss from my memory. In this episode, <laughs> Chloe's like, "That's like a two-hour trip," and you drive like an old lady. I'm like, "We have we have now reestablished Metropolis being multiple hours away." Is this the first time it's been mentioned since what episode was that? Well, I believe it was truth. I believe it was truth. Actually, because because it's like a like a six hour round trip, right? When he's gonna go get hot dogs. He's gonna go get hot dogs. (laughs) Now she does say that's like a two hour trip. Does that mean round trip or does that mean to the city? To the city is my guess. Me too. But if you really wanted to be like, well, it's an hour each, right? Yeah, an hour each way. But even that, like I'm just thinking about the commute. Well, I live in Houston, and everything is an hour away. Yeah, Houston but that's is an hour Texas. Away <laughs> it's very big. Um, everything in Texas is an hour away. I drove across the smallest part of Texas, and it took so long. <laughs> well, there was a whole thing in, in identity, 
right? Yeah. Where like Jimmy left the farm and Clark was there and he showed up to talk to Chloe and Clark was already there. And Clark's like, oh yeah, I took the shortcuts. <laughs> you <laughs> so know, they're sh- running really fast. What shortcuts, man? Anyway, I can't believe they reestablished this. Oh, the only, the, 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 the line that I joke about is it's in Veritas and it's a flashback to pre-pilot and it's Lionel talking to Lex and he's like, we're going to a little town called Smallville. It's just outside the city. And that was yep. their way of like, okay, we're Three recalibrating hours. because we know that everybody lives in Metropolis now. But now they've reestablished this two hours away and I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's it's so confusing. For me, it's always like, I don't care that it's three hours away and Clark's constantly running. I care that it's three hours away or two hours away or whatever. And they're making work commutes and think that it makes sense. Yeah, that's unsustainable. <laughs> Rent is just so much cheaper in Smallville. Yeah. Well, just give them an apartment in, in Metropolis. Redress right. a set somewhere. and now Even the Talon set. Yeah, because who needs to see that anymore? <laughs> you know, We're not doing anything else there. It's just the apartment. I think they're close, Trisha. Oh, you think they're close <laughs> they forever? They're close. <laughs> they live in an otherwise vacant coffee shop slash movie house. <laughs> no, I, I was just I was just quoting Chloe from earlier. Yes, I know you're quoting Chloe from earlier. Is the theater still in the talent? We never really go in. We the see the theater. The I think twice. We see it in uh, Accelerate, and it's that. Uh, I always forget that it's also a movie theater. Redux. Saw it a couple times oh, in season Redux. two. Yeah. Okay. And hey, Chloe really doesn't know Clark Spars because Jimmy's got to go set up, uh, you know, set up some chairs and, mm-hmm. you know, Clark can't do all of that by himself because it's heavy, right? So heavy. Yeah. But Jimmy never wants to see another seat. Yep. Nope. No more seats. Sit in or stand on. We're all going to stand seats. the whole the whole wedding. Um, <laughs> he hates seats now. So Chloe changes out of this robe she was in. Uh, yeah, to... I have another thing about this scene. Oh, do you? Continue. I think I know what it is. Yep. What the hell the is she Vespa? driving? <laughs> and is she gonna drive that to Metropolis for two hours? <laughs> Why does she have a Vespa? What happened this to is... her car? <laughs> What? I liked her car too. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I they act, and she just kind of nonchalantly goes downstairs. What's well, funny? She goes outside and she's holding. I'm like, is that a helmet? Why yeah. is she holding a helmet? And she walks a up to a Vespa because she has a Vespa now. <laughs> and she's gonna drive two hours. But this, I think, this was my favorite part of the whole episode. Actually, just Vespa. this this Vespa reveal. <laughs> this was the moment, like, of the whole episode, an episode full of logical leaps. This was the part that had me go, what? I've been watching the show for seven and a half seasons, and Chloe Sullivan has never owned a Vespa. Never once owned a Vespa. <laughs> and, and, and possibly just, never again. No, no. I'm going to keep an eye out for it the rest of the show, and I guarantee you we'll never see it again. <laughs> but she's just so nonchalant about it. Like, oh, here's my helmet. going to get on my Vespa. Drive two gonna hours. Going to get on my Vespa, except that I'm getting stopped. <laughs> stopped by Davis. Davis has crossed the line here. Uh, Davis, I was on like your on side. he's on the other side of the, yeah. like, he's behind her. But uh, but the, he doesn't have any hypodermic needles up his sleeve. He doesn't. That's no, very he has no more hypodermic needles. She's like, oh well, thanks. Uh, without you, I never would have gone with uh, Clark and Jimmy. And she's like, oh, by the way, I heard you uh, can't wake the wedding. That's that's too bad. Oh, and then he decides. It. I lied. <laughs> he decides to just speak his truth just, here, Trisha, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, speak his truth or just like emotions vomit on her. I don't know what he's thinking. Except that maybe he's going insane. I don't know. Because he's he literally is just like, I'm sorry, I lied. I can go to the wedding. I don't have to be at the hospital. Although ambulance drivers don't work at the hospital. 
That's, that's true. You don't you don't work for the hospital. They don't need me at the hospital. He I just can't, can't watch her marry the wrong guy. He can't watch her marry the wrong guy because you know she should be with Clark. <laughs> and then, well, she even admits she's like, okay, look, I when we met, there was an attraction, and you look great you're, in a uniform. Like Chloe, you are part of the problem here, girl. You're good looking. We have an attraction, obviously, but I I like you. I love Jimmy. Yeah, but she. She really leaned into this. The first, like they were spending way too much inappropriate time together, in my opinion. Like if if she yeah. was my fiance, I wouldn't want her spending all this time with this guy. I I I think you should trust your fiance. To well, that's not okay. Step Valid. out on you with an attractive EMT. Valid. Even if he is Sam Whitwer, and you are a dope. I just I just don't like how they changed that light bulb together. <laughs> <laughs> it was the light bulb. Was the was, that's what it was. I would agree that, like, mistrusting him makes sense. Like, he seems a little too touchy-feely. He seems a little too... But not her. Um, but Jimmy also is established as being, like, weirdly jealous. But then, like, his fears are manifested in this scene. You know? Yeah. And Davis is, like, he's he's weird. Like, I could see this speech coming from someone like Clark. Like, I've known you for a long time. I'm sorry. I just can't, like, keep my mouth shut anymore. But this is, like, I've known you for five seconds. I'm in love with you. Leave your fiancé. Yeah. Who you've well, been engaged to the entire time we've known each other. <laughs> from the jump. You're, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, this is not like, Davis, what do you think? Is this a rom-com, man? You're not You're not in the third act of a rom-com. Okay? Right. You're, you're, you're the really first not. act of a horror movie is where you you're are. Right. <laughs> this is a stalker <laughs> this, thriller. This is, you are the bad guy. This is a Netflix original series, and you are the serial killer. Um <laughs> Well, well, he's like, yeah, I brought you back to him, and you didn't even recognize him, and you didn't recognize your best friend Clark, but you did know me. Right. His thing was where he was like, I do you have any idea how much I wanted to like keep you with me and keep you safe? I'm like, are you saying I could have kidnapped you and I chose not to? Like, yeah. What is going Think on? Think that through. Think that through, Davis. Like, yes, you did the right thing, and yes, it was hard for you to do the right thing, but only in the sense that I wanted to take care of you. And knew that I was not the person to do it and not like, now I'm going to fight for you. I don't. Blah. And well, then he kisses her. Then he kisses her. And she kisses back for like a second. And then she's like, okay, this this, this connection was never this. And she pulls away. Right. Nobody says, I'll wait as long as I have to for you. Some, something, something. Yeah. Something, something, dark side. Is what... something, 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 I'm a monster. Um, yeah. And this is like that dark turn, but it, creepy. it's it's so weird. I don't know if it was supposed to be as creepy as it is. He's an intimidating guy, though. He's wearing his leather jacket back there. And, and he's got a, like, Sam Whitmer is a very attractive man, but he also has a very severe face. Mm-hmm. Like, he can look real scary really yeah. fast if he really wants to. It's the eyebrows. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the eyebrows. <laughs> so, and, the, and the cheekbones. It's, it's just. It's very disturbing. Like, if I were Chloe, I'd be worried, too. I'm not going to crazy man who's in love with me, and it's going to wait as long as it takes. And I have no idea that my best friend is a superhero. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, because and if she did, me. she'd be like, Clark, David's just uh, went crazy on me, right? But she's just Dude's even, being creepy, yeah. David, she doesn't even know Clark that well. He's only at doesn't. the wedding because he's Jimmy's best man. That's exactly. The only he's there. That's the only reason he's there. They were friends in high school for a while. Walks her down um, the aisle at her wedding. Has <laughs> no memory of the relationship. Dad? That yeah, we're gonna talk about that next episode. But <laughs> he should have been killed in um, the flashback of Gone when the house blows up, right? Yeah, that's the last time we saw him. That's just the last kill time him we saw there. him. Just kill him there, and then there's some stakes for the house blowing up. But then maybe you don't want to so have Lionel Luther at your Thanksgiving table if he killed your dad. But wait, Clark did, and he kind of <laughs> killed Jonathan. How did I say that out loud? 
Maybe you just don't want to have Lionel Luther at your Thanksgiving table. Um, Probably your best There's policy. a lot of brushing things under the rug. Yeah. With, with these people. They have to. I mean, everyone betrays everyone at some point, right? Yeah. That's a turn for Davis, though. Like, this whole episode up to that point, I was sort of on his side. You know, thinking about, like, how hard it is to care about someone when they obviously don't have those feelings for you. And, like, trying really hard not to be the bad guy. And even though it hurts to, like, you know, not put yourself in it's just i i you know i understood it and then he had that moment and i was just like no <laughs> well that's why he kills yubi at the end he was never the good guy we thought he was it was all yeah. they, they laid it out all right here for us they they do but also that's still a turn that is that is a turn that's quite a turn. It's still a big turn for him um because we're also led to believe that it's because of doomsday that he is becoming so so creepy. But that's and, why Clark loses his faith in humanity at the end of the season because he gave, he yes. put faith in Davis and Davis and then he becomes Goth Superman. Yeah, I like the season nine suit. I like it more than the I red don't, and blue. I do not hate it. I just okay. think it's funny. <laughs> the Matrix was big. It was <laughs> in the early yeah, 2000s. It's definitely his big long <laughs> Matrix trench coat. The, um, the the coat is like a cape, and that's why I like it. No, I get it. Okay. <laughs> I do understand. <laughs> do you like it more or less than his leather, his red leather jacket? In one hundred percent, like it more. Okay. All I right. do not like, I feel like the, I, this is a hot take. A lot of people love that jacket, but like, that's a step back. We're going back to a blue shirt and a red jacket. Like it has an S on it, but I feel like the, 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 the blur costume was like an evolution of some kind, like maybe yeah. not in the direction people wanted, but a trench coat and a, and a T anyway. He it was, it was kind of like, it was kind of like them trying to do black Superman. Yeah. Like black the black suit Superman. suit Superman. Yeah. Without doing Death of Superman, well, like it's they're it's after just Doomsday. doing. It's perfect. Right? No, it is. It's them doing Black Suit Superman, yeah. but without the mullet and the weird off-the-shoulder thing. And yeah, um, yeah, it's it's fine. I like the I like the outfit, but I was a high school goth, so that's what we do. There it is. There's one last scene, right? We have because Doomsday. Doomsday is coming. We got to go back to the to fortress. quote the uncredited James Marsters. <laughs> but yeah, Clark goes back to the fortress, and uh, he goes back to like thank Jarrell, and this is this is, again them, them like smoothing things over and establishing yeah. small world, it's for some reason and this this comes back around obviously in the series finale but like they feel like they need to like establish the comic book status quo again They're like okay so superman and Jarell are cool clark's a bumbling reporter lex doesn't know who he is i'm like well you did you could have done anything you wanted <laughs> right but you, you just established like whatever whatever the quote-unquote status quo is of superman and the general understanding yeah. that's what they felt they had to do but that's the struggle of it going for so long and them feeling, them having, like, DC having such an iron grip over, like, the tone. Yeah. yeah. Right. But Clark tells Jarrell, like, hey, uh, Chloe kept seeing this uh, the symbol in her head. It was a symbol for doom. And he's like, oh, that's the symbol of the ultimate destroyer, a Kryptonian creature bred for a single purpose to kill. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're setting up the death of Superman. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, it's totally going to happen. You know. Yeah. Well, Chloe's healing power. Oh, no. <laughs> Yep. How are we going to resurrect Did Clark? you really want Chloe to die? No, but the show did. The show certainly told me that she was going to have a horrible, tragic ending. She was either like going to die, like even in truth, right? In the first episode, we yeah. did she, then she's like, well, I feel like one day you're not going to be there to save me, right? And I'm like, okay. Or she's going to go crazy like her mom, or she's going to be a meteor freak. The Legion shows up and are like, we have never heard of a Chloe Right, Sullivan. we've never heard of her. What well, are you but telling then, me with that? But then they pay that off in season 10, where like, she erases herself from everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that what happens in season 10 is is correct as a way to like write her off that's fair um, enough. as a, as opposed to like a horrible death 
Oh, no, like, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I loved Chloe, and I'm glad she didn't have a horrible ending, and she yeah. married basically this universe is Batman, so that's a good second prize to Superman, if you want to, because for the first seven years of the show, she was in love with Superman, and then she yeah. loved Batman, so I'm like, fair, sure. That's an interesting trade-off. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I see where you get that, though. I think, I don't know what I thought, because I was watching the show in, in retrospect, like, it had ended, yeah. so I... You knew I that had, she was around. I had all of the spoilers at my fingertips. You know, yeah. like I could read a, read ahead if I wanted. But yeah, I don't know what I thought. I don't think I ever thought that. But I also didn't know the Death of Superman story as well as I do now. So I don't know what I thought about Doomsday either. Well, Clark, Clark's pretty confident. He's like, well, I'll just take He's it very... on like I'd take on anything else. And Joe's like, I'll be there for you too, my son. And he says, thank you, father. As and much as I father. can, disembodied voice. He can do crazy stuff. Time travel and resurrection. and you Yeah. Know, he, He's basically God. <laughs> yeah, well, and then Clark calls him father for the first time. That's a big moment mm-hmm. in the show. And then speeds off. And then immediately after that, Brainiac's like, okay, he's gone. I'm going to take over the fortress. And poor Jerome is <laughs> like, Clark, my son, Kal-El, help. Ah. <laughs> it's kind of sad because he's like, like, hey, help me out. And nope, Brainiac no. has taken over the console. We see the little... Um, the doomsday the do- Well, the, the goo the moving goo, yeah. around like... like the goo, like uh like it's uh, that it's that really cool like slam beneath me. yeah yeah <laughs> slam beneath slam me takes over. Up above. and then he's like uh your son will fail the fall of the, the house fall of, of the house of l yep doomsday is coming and then you, the doomsday thing comes up and takes over the fortress and the fortress is black and i think it's i think they really colored the set this way because i think it's like it's kind of colored more like this the rest of the show yeah and it's like especially into the next episode yeah, well, of course, the rest of the season has been corrupted by him, but yeah. Yeah, they must have done something with the set. They're like, we but can't it, paint it cool. again. <laughs> we don't have the budget. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it actually gives it more texture than like yeah. just white everywhere. Like and, just um, the crystal, yeah. James Marsters, uncredited voice cameo. Mm. So good on him coming back. I mean, I don't know if there was ever plans to, like, it's crazy that like, that would have been it for Brainiac, as or for him as Brainiac, until they brought him back in season 10, if, if it hadn't gone yeah. on that long. But I like the I like that they brought him back for that. I don't know if it was like a pay thing or a favor thing, but good on him coming back. And that's that's a really strong way to end your episode. Doomsday's coming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it the episode and this is something that I thought about when it got to the ending where I was like, that's a really strong ending for a really not strong episode. And also I think it's really like I could see how comic book fans watching the show would be super excited about the rest of the season and so let down. Because this version That's of Doomsday me. is so weird. It's so weird. It is. It's so strange. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Doomsday is such a simple character. Like a very simple, total evil. Well, it's bad a one note character. Like we need someone to kill Superman. And, and, and right, they keep like, going back to it and try to find new angles. I'm like, no, he kind of just needs to stay in that one story, in my opinion. Right. Like they keep revisiting it. Like it's such an iconic character for superman fans they keep going back to it over and over again in different media like you know whenever it pops up and it's it never pays off the way that you want it to unless they're directly doing death of superman yeah and even then even even then it's not always (laughs) right like like you know the way that they did it in batman v superman like i don't I didn't super buy that, no pun intended. I, but I, that movie didn't work for me the way that I know it worked for you. But I think the only time that I've ever like been like, okay, I'm here for this, is when they actually adapted Death of Superman, Reign of the Supermen in the Yeah, in the two-part, as opposed to the fr- one-part original Superman Doomsday, because that was like yeah. rushed as hell. Like, even on it Justice was. League Unlimited, they actually did a, something a little unique. 
uh with it but it wasn't st- it still wasn't that they, he didn't kill superman in that so that means right. hey give bvs credit at least they brought in doomsday and he killed superman like they shouldn't have killed superman right. like that's like you shouldn't have done it but like that's the purpose of that character it, in in this yeah the purpose of the character is to kill superman and at least in bvs they did that and that was something that i thought of when i saw the movie where i was like why the hell are we doing doomsday are they gonna kill superman and they did and i was like well okay at least you did that but there wasn't enough buildup. no no that's like a movie four yeah, you know, that's that not something too. that you can easily pay off. Whereas, like, even in the animated movie, like, technically there wasn't enough buildup, but it was fine because it was, like, leaning on this, like, cultural idea of yeah. Superman as opposed to an established That's idea. a new yeah. continuity, and it's, like, it's understood yeah. history. I'm like, no, I've seen everything about this character up till this point, and we haven't earned this yet, definitely. Right. But and Smallville, they do... after eight seasons, they earned it on Smallville. <laughs> and they reference Death of Superman in Crisis on Infinite Earths. They go to a, one of the alternate universes where Lex is killing all of the Superman. Oh, and the, the flag is And uh, one of them the is capes. the, it's not just the flag, it's Lois with Superman's body and the flag. But he has the cape on, but the cape is somehow ripped off. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's, it's a direct reference of that. I, yes. I liked that. That was like the one time that they referenced something. Yeah, Su- Death Superman, Superman and Lois like, yes! uh, referenced uh, Death of Superman when they had the perfect Doomsday origin uh, for Bizarro. And then didn't and then do it. And then he Bizarro. I'm like, oh, well, and, <laughs> and I very much enjoyed season two of Superman Lois, but now if we ever get a origin for doomsday it's like oh you already did it that's the wrong character yeah such is the life of a comic fan watching your favorite characters be adapted time after time over and over and over again and now we're going to get another young superman so the superman legend begins in a place called smallville you ever feel like your life was supposed to be something different secrets i don't want any record that i was here loyalty i never bet against clark kent betrayal what do you want the world mrs kent destiny Maybe it's time I stop running from who I really am. Clark Kent, will you marry me? Now you can own every action-packed episode. Doomsday is coming. Plus never-before-seen bonus features. Smallville, old season 8 on Blu-ray and DVD. Abyss got an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And Neil Bailey from the Superman homepage gave it a 2 out of five and, and here's what he that said <laughs> the only real redeeming thing was brainiac and Jorel talking smack with doomsday is coming in the end i can't rightly fault the awesome social effects for a crappy episode so i'm going to give those effects alone a point it was remarkably well executed memory rips and strangest in her head so i'm gonna go two of five come on smallville you were getting better than this doomsday next week that's your chance if doomsday pace alana then i'll give you a six Ooh. Neil, not a Lana fan. It was obviously, Lana was coming back in the mid-season finale, but there we are. That, that's where the uh, the critics stand. On the letter grade scale, Trisha, what would you give this episode? A C? Maybe? I didn't hate it. There's good stuff. <sighs> yeah. The ending scene gives it points, absolutely. The effects do give it points, and I will give it a lot of credit for that really excellent callback in the middle. Yeah, that flashback preseason one flashback with them is the real standout if that wasn't there i feel like it would be so much worse <laughs> yeah there's just so much logical leaps here i'm gonna go c plus uh the oh, plus the plus even is nicer <laughs> well yeah the, the plus is definitely for that uh the flashback like i said and then there and then uh, the end this very strong ending uh um, yeah. but yeah it's just just kind of a mess like of an episode plot wise yeah it's it's so bizarre not again no pun intended but um it's such a strange episode. It's it's so weak in so many places, and I just feel like there are so many opportunities for it to be better, you know. 
that just weren't yeah, there. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, I was seeing the praise of the first half of season eight. We're kind of, those last couple have been that great, but uh, yeah, maybe and we'll come now back we gotta next week. we got to see how, how you feel about Bride. <laughs> yes, we will. I, I, hope, I hope it holds up. I think I think it will. Uh, might not I hold up as high Bride. as I thought, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know how well Bride holds up. I mean, it's definitely good, but there's a lot of really frustrating Clark and Lois in there. And um, But I think Legion will hold up a little better for you. Let's go down the tally board real quick. We have uh, uh, a plus one for From Metropolis because Chloe brought to, uh, was brought to one of the best neurologists in Metropolis. That brings us to 17. Mm-hmm. We have a plus one for Amnesia Count because Chloe has big time amnesia. She, big for, time she amnesia. forgets a lot and then she forgets Clark's secrets. That brings us to 63. We have a plus one for Blue Shirt Red Jacket because Clark's wearing it a lot in this episode in various time mm-hmm. periods. That brings us to 81. We have a plus one for Hospital Visit because Chloe goes to the hospital and Blows up that MRI. Uh, mm-hmm. That brings us to 122. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? We have a plus one for injection count because uh, Chloe gets one in the neck there. But as you said, Davis is the one guy allowed to do that on the show, I think. Yes, the only one. Uh, that brings us to 52. And finally, we have a plus one for movie plot as an episode because this is clearly Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That brings it us is. to 20. I feel like you should be counting the episodes where they don't go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be able to do the reverse math when it's all over. So <laughs> Yes, we will. That is just um, so many times. And then, because Lois is not in this episode for some reason, or Tess, uh, Bechtel Tess fail. Aw, uh, Tess and Lois, who I really like. And I like their dynamic together. Trisha, this has been fantastic. We had a lot of fun it talking has. about this episode. If people want to find you out there online, I understand you're starting a new podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, you might have heard something about that new podcast, um, seeing as it's part of this lovely universe of podcasts. Um, me and a friend of the show, Matrix, are co-hosting Always Hold On to DC's Legends of Tomorrow, um, which is the longest title you could possibly have. <laughs> Or a podcast show um, that will be launching. I don't know when this episode is going live for you, but that will be that podcast will be launching. We're hoping for mid January. So go out there, find us, um, follow the podcast, leave us your reviews when you listen to it. Um, we'll have a very interesting guest on our very first episode. Um, you might have heard of him. Um, it's uh, you know Zach Moore uh, <laughs> coming on to talk about everything he knows about legends, which is basically which nothing. is not much. So. <laughs> No, that, that, that was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, to that coming out later this month. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and so you can you can follow the podcast wherever the social medias are. We're always wait, wait no, we're Legends of Always at Legends of Always on basically all the social medias. <laughs> That's right, because we had to find one that we could use, and that one works. So yeah, go find us. Um, you can also just follow me directly. I'm at Trish Annis on all the social medias, and uh, see you on. In the time stream, I guess. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Trisha, I will not forget you. I might forget you. You will remember my secret again at some point soon. (laughs) And you'll be back on the show in the future. Always a pleasure talking small with you. And uh, we'll be back next week talking about Bride. But until then, always hold on to Smallville. Hold On to Smallville is part of the Always Hold On To network of podcasts and brought to you by listeners like you. Chris Fuchs, Cavante Chillis, Darren Kirscht, Joey Deanberg, JJ Hodges, DJ Dewina, Isaiah Goodridge, Forrest Yesness, Corey Moore, Nathan Rothatcher, Thomas Navin, Andrew Parker, Adam Sullins, Mark Edsvoppen, Patricia Carrillo, Michael Hartford, Jim Crawford, Megan Rich, Alex Ramsey, Rui Humphrey, Alex Hamilton, Matt Douglas, Nathan McKenzie, Jason Skipper, 
Steve Rogers, Atif Sheik, Molly Ficarella, John Crisio, Dylan D'Antonio, James Lee, Joe Michael, Jason Davis, Patrick Bravo, Jacob Stevenart, Dana Bias, Crystal Dudgeon, Rob O'Connor, Tay Tay, Nick Rang Mendoza, Eddie Bissell, Jim Thomas, Nicholas Fansler, Clunk Kent, Stephanie Ronsley, John Long, Tom Gerke, Nicholas Coso, Jared Gibbs, Anthony Anderson, Jazz McGelly, Keith Falls, James Hart, Anthony Desiato, Crystal Cross, Jake C., and Gammon12. Thank you so much to all these patrons. And you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash alwaysmallville with one S. Hope to see you there. Always Welcome to Smallville's theme music is by Lance Laster, and our podcast art is by Tom Gerke. You can follow us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. You can find us on Facebook at Always Holland to Smallville. And you can send us an email at AlwaysMallville at gmail.com once again with one S. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>